Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Ag My Optics, a podcast where two adult men discuss, overanalyze and generally take a kid's toy line and media franchise a little bit too seriously. The toy line and media franchise in question usually being the Transformers. I am your vintage original G1 co-host, Orion Gear, and with me is my modern reinterpretation of a G1 classic with better articulation, Virtual Dave. How's it going, Virtual Dave? It's going good. <laughs> Excellent. Today, we are finally going to finish something. Um, we <laughs> We started this podcast uh, way back at the beginning of the year with a couple of reviews of the first two parts of the Netflix-exclusive Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy, Siege and Earthrise being those two parts. So today, we will complete the set and talk about the final part of Transformers War for Cybertron, which is called Kingdom. Uh, We'll give you our thoughts on, on that and our thoughts on the trilogy as a whole. This could be a long one. So... First things first, I'll just give us all a little bit of a recap of what happened in parts one and two of the trilogy. In part one, Siege. Cybertron is ravaged by war, following a violent revolution led by Megatron. The Autobots are in resistance to his despotic rule, uh, and in order to rid himself of the Autobots, Megatron seeks the Allspark to reformat them into Decepticons. Prime and his Autobots engage in a race to find the Allspark first. Prime plans to take the Allspark off Cybertron in the Ark through the recently discovered Space Bridge, so it's out of Megatron's grasp, despite knowing it will likely cause the planet to die. Uh, Meanwhile, Bumblebee inherits the Alpha Trine protocols, which contain a map to the Allspark, which is rather convenient, and it also tells him his purpose in life is to be Optimus Prime's babysitter and stop him being such a knob. (laughs) The Allspark is in the Sea of Rust, which is bad because no Waterbot has come out of there alive, Luckily, Jetfire defects from Decepticons just at the right time so that he can guide them to where the Allspark is. In the meantime, uh, having detected the release of the Alpha Trion protocols, but having no idea what they are, Shockwave deploys a virus that will knock out all Autobot code, which is coincidentally what is running most of Cybertron's infrastructure. In addition to crippling the planet, it knocks out the Ark and makes it visible, basically. It's, it's cloaked, so it knocks out all their systems. The Decepticons lay siege on the Ark. Optimus retrieves the Allspark from the Sea of Rust. He races to the Space Bridge where they all rendezvous. Megatron turns up. They fight. The Ark launches. The Space Bridge activates. Prime throws the Allspark into space for no real reason. Omega Supreme turns up because he's a toy. The majority of the Autobots get on the Ark. Alita 1 and a few others stay behind out of responsibility for the planet that Prime is now doomed. The Ark goes through the Space Bridge. The Space Bridge blows up, for again, for no reason. Everyone automatically assumes that the Ark exploded. Cybertron is now fucked. Mm-hmm. Second part, <laughs> Earthrise. <laughs> Believing that the Ark and its crew and the Allspark are destroyed, Megatron has resorted to harvesting the sparks of his own kind to build and fuel his own ship, the Nemesis, to escape the planet. Alita 1 and her small band of stranded Autobots are running missions to free those rounded up for harvest. Meanwhile, the Ark, not destroyed, is boarded by a band of mercenaries led by Double Dealer. The Autobots are taken captive and handed over to a Quintesson called Decius, who has a bounty out on them. He, stroke she, stroke they, are pissed off because after freeing the the Cybertrons from Quintesson rule, they uh, they prove to be a disappointment to him, stroke her, stroke them and the, she ends up being outcast by the rest of the uh, Quintessons. Torn over what to do, 
Decius then elects to remove all but one of her faces so that she can decide what to do. And it turns out that what she decides to do is kill them all and not pay Double Dealer. Double Dealer then saves the Autobots whilst also alerting Megatron to the Ark and Prime survival and his location, hoping to claim the bounty on both Prime's head and the Allspark, which it appears that Megatron's issued. Megatron changes his plan and brings forward the completion of the Nemesis project so he can chase down Prime instead of looking for a new home. Short on Energon, and a long way from where they have tracked the Allspark to, the Ark's crew decide to use what Energon they have to travel to a nearby space bridge in the Nebulon system and use it as a shortcut. They arrive to find the space station stuck in the space bridge, so they decide to blow it up. Scorponok appears for no real reason other than him being a toy and attacks them. Megatron turns up on the Nemesis and they all have a fight. Another space bridge explosion deposits them in the dead universe. Don't ask what that is, I don't even know. Prime meets Skylinks, Megatron meets Galvatron. Skylinks teaches Prime to be at one with a Matrix or something. Galvatron tries to convince Megatron to take the Matrix and thus change the future he comes from. Prime uses the Matrix to bust a hole in the dead universe through to where the Allspark is. Both ships arrive above Earth. Megatron attacks and smashes his ship into the Ark. They all fight. Prime almost kills Megatron, but then Megatron wins and takes the Matrix. Double Dealer shows up, starts attacking both factions, but it turns out he's controlled by Decius. Cog gets on board Double Dealer's ship, rigs it to explode, which it does, and it causes the Ark and the Nemesis to crash onto the Earth below. By this point, what's happening on Cybertron doesn't really matter. However, Alita 1 and her crew have rigged the harvesting centre to blow up. Shockwave and Alita 1 have a fight. Uh, The rest of the Autobots get captured, then get uncaptured. And then Alita 1 and presumably Shockwave die in a massive explosion. The end. Mm -hmm. Have I missed anything out? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, it's just the the ending, I suppose, with them... You get the hint that they crash on prehistoric Earth, and that's the end. Well, I said that they crash on Earth, yeah. but yes, mm-hmm. you, you do see Dinobot, or you see a Velociraptor mm-hmm. with an uh, with a kind of a robotic eye. Uh, but that's that. Well, so now I've spoken for ages. <laughs> Dave, do you want to give us a summary of what happens in Kingdom before we rip into it? Okay, so Kingdom pretty much picks off straight away. From Earthrise, like you see them fall to Earth, both respective teams crash land on the planet and meet up with their future counterparts, the Maximals and the Predacons. Mm-hmm. Golden Dish shenanigans ensue with the two Megatrons, and they devise a plan to get the Allspark and return to Cybertron, whereas the Maximals and Autobots have their own type of disputes on. Who is telling the truth and what is really going on? They um, decide to resolve their issues and rescue Air Razor, who has just been captured by the two Megatrons. And then they... On purpose. On on purpose. um, Even though, yeah, we'll get into that. um, (laughs) While she was captured, she got some sort of weird friendship slash partnership with Dinobot. So he starts to realize that there is more to what's going on. So Dinobot and uh, Black Arachnia have also decided to put their stuff aside and they appear, him and Starscream have all teamed up to do their own little thing to find mm-hmm. the Allspark as well. Everyone converges to finding the Allspark. Big battle ensues. The Autobots get the Allspark. 
by Dinobot sacrificing himself by getting back the Matrix and all these other things happen. They finally beat the Decepticons, capture them, put them in the Ark. They all go traveling across space to return to Cybertron via the dead universe, which, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that. For no real reason again. Yeah. (laughs) They arrive on Cybertron to discover that everything and everyone is dead and mm. they obviously took too long <laughs> to get there. Mm. But also if waiting for them was Galvatron and Nemesis Prime who release uh, Megatron, G1 Megatron, to... No. Team, well, War for Cybertron. Correct. Cybertron, <laughs> to team up with them to finally get the Allspark to travel to another future to save them. Which may or may not be the actual G1 continuity proper. It's hard to say, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, what happens at the end? Yeah, the the sparks of everyone who's died on Cybertron arise from the grave and banish yeah. Galvatron and Nemesis Prime yeah. back to the future. And then Bumblebee puts the Allspark in this tower and saves the day. And they all... Uh, I mean, it becomes day... And the sun rises on Cybertron. I didn't think that could happen. And they first thing they do, before they do anything, they erect two statues of Refractor yes. and Cog. Because they're the grunts that were dying all the way through the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. First thing they do. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, well, um, catch you next time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they decide the war's over for no apparent reason. Um, that's it. Let's go. Yeah, all oh, the war's over now. Yeah, you get a, you get the right at the end. You get a glimpse of Unicron talking to uh, Nemesis Prime and Galvatron, and like how they've tried to go behind his back. And I, I really didn't get that scene. Like either, either he's reformat, reformatting them into something else, or he's just killing them. Like he. Like, I don't. I don't know if you. I don't. I think it's supposed to be ambiguous. He's basically just hinting he might come back in a sequel. Yeah, yeah. That's well, about he, it, really. He did a very uh, Thanos thing and was like, oh, okay, I'll do it myself. I, I'll, I'll go back in time. And He's like, oh, this, this dead universe thing seems quite interesting. I might... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice... It's a convenient little kind of... It can do pretty much anything. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. This whole trilogy is so heavy on MacGuffins, it's unbelievable. I mean that's that's nothing new to Transformers, but it's no. But come on, there's like f- there's like five MacGuffins in this. It is very heavy. It is. <laughs> it's like each season has one or two different MacGuffins. Mm-hmm. You start off with the AllSpark, and then you also have the Alpha Trion Protocol, mm-hmm. and then you have the Matrix, and then you have the Dead Universe, mm-hmm. and then you have the Golden <laughs> Disc. Like it's. Too many, too many things going on. And in between all that, people are just inventing shit. Like mm. just going, oh, I've just got this now. I've, oh, I've, I've got, I've just come up with this virus that can wipe everyone's computer. Or I can turn invisible now. Have you not seen? Oh, and I can use my webs to make weaponry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my so where do you want to start? Uh, well, let's just talk, let, let's talk about Kingdom on its own. Okay. What did you think of Kingdom? Uh, well, overall, I liked it. Um, I think it's, uh, an improvement, a vast improvement 
they still got the same problems that they had in the previous um, chapters. The voice acting was still very slow. It was even slower. <laughs> but, anyth- but anyway, yeah, the, I thought that the integration between the Beast Wars characters and the Siege characters worked better than I thought it would. Not to mm. say it was great, yeah, but I didn't think it was a complete shambles. Like I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Like my bar was very low for the interaction of the two characters, and it wasn't that bad. Well, uh, I thought one or two Beast Wars. Ca- I mean, obviously, I think that right. Okay, I think that most of the characters in Siege are. Not Siege. Most of the characters in War for Cybertron are boring. Mm-hmm. So I thought a couple of the Beast Wars characters were qu- were done quite well. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them were very dull. And considering how good those characters were in Beast Wars, mm-hmm. they were a very pale imitation of those characters. I thought Primal was rubbish. I thought Megatron was horrible. I thought that Tigertron and um, Dinobot had swapped voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Dinobot was okay, but it was just obvious from the beginning that he was going to defect. It was obvious that he was going to... He was basically a good guy from the beginning. What I found, because I, I had to re-watch some episodes leading up to this, mm. and what I found with Dinobot, which I didn't even think about while I was watching it, is that it really reflects what Impactor did in the first in Siege, of how he yeah. defected. Like, mm. it, even his death was very similar. Um, yeah. I found that it was a bit more... It's a bit more they could have done there, and it felt a little recycled. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, I, I did think that the the general gist of what they were trying to do in kind of replicating Dinobot's, co- you know, death in Code of Hero. Mm. I mean, I thought that was... All right, in principle. I mean, it's completely unoriginal, obviously. Mm. But they generally pulled it off well enough. But it just makes you think, wasn't Beast Wars good? <laughs> I mean, yes, it does. Not, not isn't this good? <laughs> there was no point during Kingdom where I thought, I'm really enjoying this. I mean, I, th- I was just like, when's this over? I didn't. That's the thing. I didn't have that feeling watching it. I thought it was. I was more hooked on to see what would happened in this than the really? other two chapters. Yeah, it, I think. I, I think after the first two chapters, I I gave up on it because the first chapter had some kind of promise, like it felt like it might go somewhere interesting. <clears throat> but the second chapter made it clear it wasn't going anywhere interesting, and then the third chapter was like, let's just get this done. You know, to be fair, it might also be because Kingdom took so long to come out and it took mm. the trailer to drop what, a week before it actually came out, yeah. or two weeks. The trailer dropped really late for it. Yeah. So it, it might just be just the build-up to it. It's just taken so long that I was just... Sure. <laughs> out of all the character, out of all the new characters, I thought uh, Black Arachnia was really quite good. She had a good a good voice. Apart from that time where she sounded like a Muppet, there's a bit where she says something like, oh, what is it? Something like, ah, get away from that thing. And it's, and it's like, seriously, guys, do another take. <laughs> Just like when 
Optimus Prime goes, We're warm your future. We're from your future. <laughs> it's like, why did you not re-record that? I don't I don't get how like um Rat Trap and Rhinox are kind of doing like an impression of their Beast Wars counterparts. Like Rat Trap is trying to do the accent of whatever American... Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. He's trying to do a Brooklyn accent, but every now and then, every now it comes out very deep south. Yes, yes. It keeps... <laughs> it doesn't stick. No. It, it jumps all over the place. Now, I don't know if that was just down to the the voice actor themselves, or was he given directions to do that, or... Well, the voice the voice acting is terrible across the board. Yes. <laughs> and so is the dialogue. Yes. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people have been... I've sent you some. Some people have been altering the the voice. Oh, I've, I've not watched that. episodes like of putting David K over mm-hmm. Megatron or something. And I actually think it would. It's better that they're not in it. Oh, I'm absolutely happy they're not in it. I don't. I don't want. I honestly don't think that the Beast Wars characters should be in this show. What is in at all? No, not at all. Really? No, because they've just they've just been they've just been jammed in there like like crowbarred in there because of toy line. I think it's... They don't make any sense. It's completely incongruous. They never explain why they're animals. They never explain why they're Maximals and Predacons. They never explain any of that. They're just there. And it's like, oh, yeah, right, we'll just accept you. It's fine. It's not a problem. Yeah. They could have been anybody. They could have been what I expect they were supposed to be, the 1986 movie Transformers. I think it would be even. It wouldn't make any sense that they would be there unless it was. How would it? How does it make any sense that these guys are there? No, no, no. I mean, from where they are, they would have to be somewhere else. The real point for them, who the eighty-six guys, to be on prehistoric Earth. Why? <laughs> because all right. The reason why it's so complicated is because of this weird timey wimey business going on. Well, ever since they introduced the dead universe, of how. Mm. time travel works in this universe and how it works for them to travel Mm -hmm. back and forth. Now, for our understanding, the main siege guys travelled to that point in time via the dead universe. No, the main siege guys have not time travelled. They have to have time travelled. How? Because they have to go back through the dead universe to get back to their time, right? But why would would they have had to have time travelled? What do you mean? I don't understand why you think they've time-travelled. Well... They've travelled through time, like me and you are travelling through time right now. But they've not travelled through time, as in gone back in time or forward in time. They just went from one place to another. Well, they would have to be, because when they were... Alright. They were... The main siege guys. So you mean Optimus Prime, Megatron, Bumblebee, all that lot? Yeah. The I understand that they were never meant to leave the dead universe. That's why... The things turned out the way they did. They got stuck in there, and Galvatron never got them out. Well, and Skylinks. So, oh, I see. So, I think what you, the way you've seen it, is different to the way I've seen it. I think what you think's happened, and maybe you're right, but it's not the way I interpreted mm-hmm. it. But I think the way you've interpreted it is, the main siege guys, when they went into the dead universe, they travelled forward in time. Mm-hmm. And landed on prehistoric Earth, mm-hmm. which is forward in time from where they came from. So they then encountered auto, um, Maximals and Predacons from the future. Well, 
Well, I guess no, not forward. I mean, I won't, mm. wouldn't it be back? And then I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what the problem is. It's because, right. say from Siege to Earthrise, it's very ambiguous mm-hmm. about how long the Ark has been in space or how long they've been gone. I don't think it is. I don't think it is ambiguous at all. When I first watched it, I thought they were only gone for like a few days, maybe a week. But I feel like it was longer that they were away and they didn't know they were alive or not. Right. Through the state of Cybertron afterwards and then building the Nemesis. Like, I feel like there was more of a time that they were in space. Yeah. Yeah, that's in space uh, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Because Megatron's going mad and he, he thinks that Prime's gone, all hope is lost, we have to leave the planet. I feel like there would have to be more time for him to to get to that. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there was. There could have been quite a long time. There could have been deactivated for quite some time. Right. But then after that, I feel like it's very unclear because uh, they because they should keep going back and forth in Earthrise. You feel like it's the same time, but I don't think it is. Oh, I do. I feel like there's a bigger gap between what's going on. I don't see how there can be because you're going backwards and forwards and then Megatron decides that he's going to go and get and track Prime down. Yeah. And then Megatron turns up all the, almost the next day yes. in the Nemesis. <laughs> yes. So they have to be happening concurrently. Uh, yeah, I guess. So. How else is Megatron going to turn up in the Nemesis not, not long afterwards if they aren't happening at the same time? Hmm. You raise a good point. Let me explain how I think it works. Okay. Right? The Siege people mm-hmm. don't time travel at all. Right. They go, they go out into space through the space bridge. Mm-hmm. They end up unconscious or whatever and they get picked up by double dealer mm-hmm. some time elapsed between those two things and that's what's happened and things that have been happening on cybertron reflect this because you know megatron's resorted to some pretty brutal shit <laughs> to get to get his ship built right it mildly yeah <laughs> yeah so then from then onwards they go to that space bridge they pull that spaceship uh, that's well they blow the space uh, station mm-hmm. up and obviously Megatron turns up because he's found out from Double Dealer that they're there. Mm-hmm. And then they go in the Dead Universe. And then from the Dead Universe, Prime uses his the Matrix to get out of the Dead Universe to appear where the Allspark is. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Earth and the Allspark are on the same timeline as they were before they went into the Dead Universe. Okay. So it's just the Maximals and the Predacons that have gone back in time. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Megatron says that he's deliberately travelled to that point. Yeah. And that time that time and place to meet him. Yeah. He know he knows Megatron's going to be there at that point. I don't know if Primal would say, We're warm your whoop if uh <laughs> if he wasn't from their future. Well yeah, he's from the future. Well I mean even at no point does Primal go, Oh, you're from the past. No. No. Do you know what I mean? No one says Oh, you guys travelled from the past to our present. No, no, they say, yeah, they, they do say the opposite, because, uh, what is it, the mm. Black Arachnia, no, it's Dinobot, gets questioned by Starscream about, surely you've heard of the amazing Lord Commander yeah. Starscream. No. Air Commander <laughs> Starscream, yeah. <laughs> the Golden Disc and all of its information it doesn't make sense unless Galvatron's gone back multiple times to many different versions to know all these different outcomes. Well, the Golden Disc has a description of events on Earth. Even a description on Earth 
it, it's stuff that shouldn't have happened without that initial help from Galvatron. So mm-hmm. how does he know to navigate this weird maze or that he was going to get ambushed at certain points? Predacon, Predacon Megatron said he didn't know where it came from or how or how it came to be. But he just got the disc somehow. He stole it from whatever. He's, he's, he stole it. It's a re- it, was a, it was a relic. It's, it much, pretty much follows the exact storyline from Beast Wars. Yeah. It's a relic, and they know that it's got um, the memoirs of Megatron on it. Mm-hmm. But Megatron's pretty clear, as in Predacon, Predacon Megatron. Megatron. <laughs> Actually, let's just call him Megafan. Megafan <laughs> knows that this has got the memoirs of Megatron on. Right. And he also knows that he needs to travel to this time and place so that he can meet Megatron uh-huh. and help Megatron save Cybertron rather than it be destroyed because of the absence of the Allspark. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of the things I've got in my notes here. So one of the things that I didn't like about that whole triangle of MacGuffins is that why the Allspark was picked to be the thing to stop Unicron and not just be the Matrix. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah. The, the, well, there's, there's several reasons why this is true. Mm. There's a movie called The Matrix. <laughs> That's one reason. <laughs> That is, that is one of the reasons. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> they still call it by name. Do you not know this? What? So, remember in 2007, right. when the first Transformers movie came out? Yeah. And what was the MacGuffin in that? The Allspark. It was only the Allspark because the Matrix had recently come out. A movie called The Matrix had recently come out. It was very big, very important. Everyone now thought thinks The Matrix is this movie with Neo and so on in. Right? (laughs) So they couldn't use The Matrix. So all of a sudden they had to create a new MacGuffin, which is the Allspark. Previous to that, no one ever talked about any Allsparks. But, well... What? Wait... (laughs) Wait, is that really the reason why they didn't use the Matrix? Yes. But they use it in the second film. They use it after that. What Orion says is correct. The Allspark was introduced in the first live-action movie as a combination of previously existing life-giving artefacts, the Matrix of Leadership and Vector Sigma. The term Matrix was not used because the movie of the same name was still very prominent in popular culture. Instead, the object was known as the Energon Cube for most of the film's production, but was later renamed the Allspark, named after a term used for the Transformers afterlife in Beast Machines. Once the 2007 movie had been a hit, it appears they were more comfortable using the term Matrix in the live-action movies. But by then, it was too late. A new MacGuffin was born. Another reason is that now the Allspark has been, since then, the Allspark has been kind of uh, established as kind of like this kind of life-giving device Mm -hmm. and it's been used in countless bits of transformers uh, lore since then and every time it's used it's always something the decepticons are after and it gets thrown out into space and everyone goes and chases it and they're just doing it again uh yeah they did the same thing in the movies and they did the same thing in animated and i think they've done it in the align continuity as well yeah it's like there's an Allspark, the Decepticons want it, chuck it into space, everyone goes and looks for it. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes they're the same thing, isn't it? Sometimes the Allspark... And the Matrix are the same. ...are the same or heavily connected to one another. Well, yes, because, because of the Matrix, <laughs> the movie. Okay, well, 
<laughs> lucky, lucky Unicron doesn't have to suffer the wrath of the Matrix in this. He has to battle the Spark. The all-life-bringing MacGuffin is going to somehow take away the life of Unicron. Yeah, well, I mean, also, it, it's, it seems that the Allspark serves a couple of purposes. Like, for a start, it's apparently the providing, that provides all life on Cybertron. But it also feeds off Cybertron. So Yeah, that was an interesting dynamic. It's basically where your spark goes when you die. Mm. So it's bo- it's kind of like it's a cyclical situation, you know. You it creates new sparks, and then when they die, they go back to the the old spark. And that's something that they established in this in Kingdom that it was linked to Cybertron. Which, to be honest, when Optimus went, "Oh, you're symbiotic with with Cybertron," I was like, "Well, duh." <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I mean, well, I, okay. I mean, I mean, maybe I should say this for my nitpicks, but my my understanding of Transformers' life outside of Cybertron was that it's fully possible. They even mention Velocitron in Siege at one point. Yes, so they do. Yeah, who cares if Cybertron dies? Just leave. Yeah, and Scorponok lives on a different planet. There you go. And he's a he's a Transformer. Yes, agreed. But and that's but that's what Megatron was going to do. He was going to do that, but it's yeah. I mean, it got to the it got to the point where like we have to save Cybertron. It's like why? Well, surely you'd you would want to save your home planet. Yeah, but I, I... would you rather we all evacuate to the moon or we save the Earth? Well, <laughs> you know. I mean, if it was, I think you, I think you'd probably give it a go, wouldn't you? I mean, towards the end of Kingdom, I was kind of on the side of Galvatron and Nemesis Prime. I was like, well, Unicron's a far worse endgame scenario. The look, the ten, the twenty of you all together could barely take down the two of us. What do you think? Yeah, against Unicron. <laughs> but I thought that that was I. Let's all right. Let's talk about the final gambit. Okay, which is because um, I have some problems with it. So so it's weird, right? Because Galvatron and Nemesis Prime later, but Galvatron is trying to help Megatron find the Allspark mm-hmm. so that he can prevent the future happening. Originally, this seems to be what he's doing. He's trying to prevent the future happening that means he becomes Galvatron. Mm-hmm. But then Galvatron seems to change his mind and decide what he wants to do is get the Allspark and take it back to his future and destroy Unicron. Also, they act like the Allspark is single-use. It's like, we can't restore Cybertron and use it to destroy Unicron when he turns up. Yes. We have to do one or the other. Yes, I do. It's like, well, why can't you, why can't you do both? <laughs> I mean, literally, Galvatron, you have all the time. <laughs> you can come yeah. back in the future where yeah. it's... When it's recharged and you can use it again. <laughs> exactly. He's come from he's come from an alternative future. <laughs> Surely that means that, that when Unicron's gonna turn up to, I don't know, devour Cybertron or whatever he's gonna do, mm. that's in the future. So why not restore Cybertron now and use the you use the Allspark to defeat him when he turns up? Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't understand. okay. Like I was saying before, from, from my understanding of how Galvatron is helping Megatron, he's had to have gone back and forth a couple of times to do this, making the golden disc, giving it to 
uh, Predacon Meg- Meg- Megatron and back yeah. again and whatever. And obviously, Megafan. Megafan. And at the end of Earthrise, I think Unicorn catches on, or, or no, it's not the end, it's the fifth episode where he, he takes him back. Yes. And Unicorn's like, what are you doing? So I think from that point, Unicorn is on him. So that's why he was like, I can't look at the Allspark directly because Unicorn would know. Uh, it's so silly. <laughs> it's it's like what? So he doesn't know what you're doing right now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sort of. It, the same goes for Nemesis Prime because if he's been yeah. be formatted the same way, can't Unicron see what he's doing? And he was going for the Allspark. Unicron, he doesn't have a very tight leash on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh, just you know, off you go and and. In, in, a, in about a fortnight, I'll just check on you and see what you're doing. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Come back here. It's got like two renegade cats that keep wandering off into other people's yes, gardens. Yes, yes. Just keeps going and doing things and like, oh, oh, naughty Galvatron. <laughs> I mean, even I, I kind of like the idea of Nemesis Prime being a reformatted Prime by Unicron because Nemesis Prime has always got some sort of attachment to Unicron in a weird way. Like mm. in Armada, it was Sideways who was channeling Unicron and whatever. Like there's always some sort of yeah. attachment. And I kind of like that idea, but it, it raised the question to me is like, does this future Prime have the Matrix of Leadership in his chest? Because um, he should. Does it matter? It sh- no, it doesn't matter. But then... I don't, think he, I don't think he could. I don't think he could. Because they make a very big deal all the way through War for Cybertron that... Prime needs to be at one with the Matrix for it. It's almost like he has to be worthy. It's almost like the you know Mjolnir or something, isn't it? It's like it's 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 like he needs to be at one with the Matrix. And I don't think he could become Nemesis Prime and still hold the Matrix. Just like just like Megatron couldn't use the Matrix. I mean, he kind of did. It may have drove him. A no, he failed. It might have drove him a little insane. But... Well, no, because when he walked into the um, the Allspark Temple, yeah, it rejected him. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. They fridge Delita One. It's disgusting. Well, as in they killed her? <laughs> it's girlfriend in the fridge. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> literally. <laughs> She's frozen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they literally froze her. Let's go, fuck it, we'll kill her for no reason other than to upset Prime. Um... Why did they spend all that time in Earthrise going backwards and forwards? For her to just die. For all of them to just die. You know, re-watching it, I didn't understand why why she stayed in the first place. Like... Um, to clean up the mess her boyfriend made? No, no, no. I mean, like, as far as, once again, in Siege, mm. they made the arc before they were sending the Allspark off planet. So they were already planning to leave. They needed that energy on from Bumblebee. I don't know. I don't know if they were. They never made it clear why they had the arc. They just had it. <laughs> I assume you need a spaceship to go into space. What what other plan did well, they yeah, have? But no, no, but no, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the arc in the traditional sense of the arc. Like you know, the arc in G one yeah. was meant to be a spaceship to escape the planet because the planet was. Oh no, it wasn't actually. It was they were going out and they were going to go out and dis- they were going to get energon. Like they were running out of energon. It's like well, we got to leave and get some from somewhere else. That's why they left originally. Well, maybe that is maybe that's why they're building the arc. Then in um, in in this, they they need to go get Energon because they are short of Energon in the first in Siege. Y- yes, uh, I did make a note about that. Uh, how is Energon made? Slash, 
how do you know who's running out of energon per bot type of thing like do they need it to restore them or do they need it just to get their things running because as soon as the autobots leave the decepticons have completely run out of energon and they're forced to like suck the life out of Decepticons. Because the Allspark, because the Allspark's no longer there. So is it the Allspark that makes Energon? I think, as as per usual, they don't explain it, <laughs> but uh, I'm fairly sure that the Allspark is somehow connected to um, how how Energon gets produced and appears. I mean, the Allspark seems to be able to do everything, but nothing at the same time. Like, as soon as he got it, I, Agreed. I thought it was... Uh, they were going to go with that they could bring back these people who have died because they're attached to the Allspark and they'll just go back into their bodies and that's why we've got re-releases of their toys in Kingdom because they're all going to come back. It's going to be a big Bugsy Malone ending. Everyone who was dead is not really dead and it's all going to be fine because if they're going to bring life back to Cybertron I didn't, I didn't necessarily think new life I thought the people who had died were going to come back. No. No, they just had to. They just had to bring the Allspark back so that they so that the planet didn't die. But everyone who died died. Um, it was a, it was a it was a pointless war, and both Optimus Prime and Megatron should be locked up for it. I mean, even on Prehistoric Earth, the Maximals talk about they had like like two hundred Maximals that were with them that crashed yeah. and they all died. All Optimus's fault. I I thought they were all going to come back as like weird zombies for your fossilizers for the. Yeah, they didn't. They do didn't that. do it. <laughs> well, no, but I, I mean, no. If you look, if you look at the whole thing, there's there's quite a few times during Kingdom where Optimus says it's all my fault. Yes, and people keep going, no, no, it's all right. It's like, no, it is all your fault. It is all your fault. You did this. <laughs> Everybody who's died. Your fault. Yes. Every every terrible thing that's happened, your fault. And you learn nothing from it. In the final episode, in the final episode of Kingdom, what does Optimus Prime do? He ignores Optimus Primal. Optimus Primal says, I think it's about time I told you about um, Galvatron or something. About the future, about what's going to happen now. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, no, no, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> He's learnt nothing. He's learnt nothing. He did that in the first episode of Siege, and now he's doing it in the last episode of Kingdom. He did. I mean, I had to re- when I rewatched it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Will Jack was literally about to tell you because Will Jack was. He's, I found a space bridge. I found a space bridge. No, not interested. It's not even the space bridge. They they hired Bumblebee to find Energon. They found the Energon at the space bridge that could be used. He didn't want to hear any of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, the whole thing. I I thought the whole thing was meant to be about Prime making a kind of journey from being, well, from from being a bit of a prick to being a good leader. (laughs) And no, no, he's still a prick at the end. He constantly puts his own troops, Mm -hmm. populations of entire planets and entire planets in danger Mm -hmm. just because he thinks he's right and because he's got the matrix of leadership, therefore that makes him important. Yeah. It... I mean, I mean, I, I know Megatron is I know Megatron is a psychopath, but he had a better vision for Cybertron than Prime did. I think Megatron was um, 
I mean, yeah, towards Kingdom, he does get a little bit more, a bit more crazy. But he's he's a totalitarian dictator. But he's he's for the most majority of it, he's pretty right, and he 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 does listen to his um, Decepticons, and he is trying. Mm, he only listens to them when they're saying what he wants to hear. No, 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 no. I mean, like they a lot of the things that happen, a lot of the things the Decepticons do don't necessarily come from Megatron. It comes from like Shockwave or Starscream or whatever. All these other Decepticons mm-hmm. are doing things and they're whispering in his ear about doing it. He's like, mm, well, I'll consider that. Give me a moment. Yeah. Let me go check it out. And then he might follow through once the Autobots have done something idiotic and have forced his hand. Like he, a lot of the times, I don't think he was going to do all these bad things. He was just like, yeah, but he's very he's very quick to do whatever's necessary to achieve his goals, regardless of the moral implications. Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, so I mean, he's he's definitely a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but I don't think he was always a bad guy. Whereas Prime, oh no, no, maybe <laughs> well, Prime Prime thinks he's a good guy. Yes, <laughs> but he's 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 a callous idiot. Yes, yes, and he should definitely shouldn't be in command. I would say Alita One was a better leader, and she got fridged. I would, I would, I would like to see what Ultra Magnus would have done in the series. Oh, he's boor- oh, boring. Like, I mean, they didn't. I mean, he was only in it for like a few episodes, but and and he was flawed. He just he went, oh, we can't win this war, so maybe I should just go and surrender. I mean, his way of surrendering was was not very smart. It was it was terrible. <laughs> But I just I just found my little note here. So what happens is Primal says, I should warn you about Nemesis. Mm-hmm. And Prime's response is, later, when there's more time. Right now, the Allspark needs us. And they take off in their spaceship to go back to Cybertron, which involves them going through several, mm-hmm. several space bridges. There's time between there and Cybertron for Primal to go, look, mate, there's this thing called Nemesis Prime. He's you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's... But no, you just go, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I must, I must sit in my room and sulk and think about yeah, it. Yeah, I must. Um... Uh, 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 it's very important that I ignore you right now. <laughs> um, in order for the plot to work, I will not listen to what you've got to say. He's, he's a bad leader. He makes bad decisions. And he doesn't ever face the consequences he, and the rest of the time, he's kind of being he's he's being moody, and and then oh yeah, so at the end of the season, not only do the do the spark ghosts just dispatch mm-hmm. Nemesis and and Galvatron, they also absolve Prime of all his guilt. Oh oh yeah, <laughs> at the very end when all those ghosts appear around the. Um, uh, around the temple, and they kind of throw up this kind of force field, and Galvatron and Nemesis Prime just disappear when they hit it. Yeah. Then she kind of goes up to Prime, puts her hands up to his face, and he's kind of going, Alita, forgive me. It was my fault. It was the only choice. And no one else could make it. Thank you. I will always love you. Oh, it's all my fault. I'm so... And she's like, no, it's fine. You did what you had to do. You're a hero. (laughs) 
he's responsible for a lot of a lot of death. A lot of terrible things have happened. A lot of really bad things have happened, and it's almost entirely your fault. It is, isn't it? It's it's okay though because he's been absolved. <laughs> he can he can continue thinking he's the greatest. What did you think of the Titan transformation in this? Like, it's coming out of nowhere. It was completely pointless. <laughs> it only happened because there's a toy. By the time the Ark transformed, the Nemesis was no longer a threat. I was hoping that it would have turned up in the last episode. Like... Well, it was the penultimate episode, wasn't it? No, no, no. I mean, I, I thought it would turn up in the last episode. During the two right. fight between Galvatron and Nemesis, I thought that was what would have turned the tide. Um... No, magic does it. Well, I think that's better than magic. Magic ghosts turn up. Magic ghosts. It ends. Oh, it was such a letdown. I thought there would be more of a fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know if the Titan would have helped, but I did think it was a bit of a cop-out that this went, oh, here's some magic ghosts. Oh, Galvatron and Nemesis Prime have disappeared now. Oh, it's the end. <laughs> yes. It was a bit, bit, bit of a kind of letdown. But no, the by the time the Ark transformed, Black Arachnia had disabled all the weapons on the Nemesis, and Megatron had fallen off the Nemesis. He caught it for some. He caught him for some reason. Yeah. So the Ark transforming had no bearing on anything. It just did it, and it kind of said, "Oh, I felt like I needed to do this." It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> for, for some reason, you punched the Nemesis, even though it was completely disarmed and it was just hanging in the sky. It didn't need to be punched. It didn't make any difference whether you punched it or not. And then what? You transform back into the Ark and you fly off. There's no need for you to turn into a robot at all. I found it very weird that they took them back with them. Why mm. didn't they just leave them on prehistoric Earth? Why did they take them back? Well, cause they're, because they're, they can't be trusted. I mean, it's not like the Maximals and Predacons were going anywhere. They're obviously stuck there. So, What, you were just going to like leave them on Earth? That wouldn't have been very responsible of them, would it? I mean... They're, they're criminals. <laughs> Even in Beast Wars, they take Megatron back to Cybertron. Yeah, which turns out to be a terrible idea. Well, it's a terrible <laughs> idea in, in, because of what happens. But, but the point is, that these guys are, are their problem. They need, to be, they need to be taken back to Cybertron and locked up or whatever, or tried for their crimes, you know? But they didn't anyway, because in the end, they just went, oh, the war's over, we're all okay now. Everyone can just go their own separate way. <laughs> and for some reason, regardless of who you end, who you sided with during the final battle, you still have to go off with Megatron if you're a, if you're a Decepticon or a Predacon, and you still have to go off with Prime if you're an Autobot or a, or a Maximal. You can't you can't switch sides, even if you did. Black Arachnia not stay with the Autobots and Maximals. Black Arachnia left with the Decepticons. Oh. Wow. As did as did Starscream. Oh yeah, well, I imagine so. Yeah, but Starscream had a. F- had a fight with Megatron and basically tried to join the Autobots at one point. Well, he, he went to them and pleaded with them to help him. <laughs> he does do that a couple of times. He does. Uh... I think Starscream is probably my favourite character from the whole show, to be honest. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I want to talk about something positive because I, I didn't hate it all. I'm not going to trash no, no, it No, 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 of course not. No, no. What I liked about the Allspark being on Earth is it felt very much like a... A callback to, but not a direct copy of, the Vok experiments on Earth from Beast Wars. I quite like that about it. Oh, what, the the weird forest that it was in? Well, yeah, it was a crater. It was yeah. the crater where the Allspark landed. 
I thought it was good that this was that it was all kind of some really strange shit was going on in there, yeah. and it felt a lot like the kind of the, the Vok kind of stuff where you know every 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 third or fourth episode of Beast Wars, mm. they find something weird the Vok have left behind. It's true, and yeah. they have. So I quite liked that about. I thought that was quite a good, nice little callback. And um, like I said, I thought Black Arachnia's character was good. I didn't. I mean, she, well, she did. A few people did this. A few people did things where they went, ah, that was my plan all along. And then you go, no, it wasn't. I can go back and watch the episode, and I know that wasn't your plan all along. I... <laughs> For example, you've got the one where they where Air Razor gets deliberately captured. Mm. No, she didn't. Mm-hmm. No. When did, when did Primal issue that order? Primal didn't even know who the Decepticons were when she was out there. Although... I... I think he does mention it at some point later on where they're about to attack the, the nemesis or something, like how he... He, he did know, but he yeah, didn't... But, me- yeah, he didn't... According, to, according to what she was saying, the plan that, was that they were going to do a surprise attack on them. Yeah. I... Not, not she was going to go and put traces on everybody. <laughs> so, and then when they rescue her, they're going, oh, I'm glad I got captured on purpose. Yeah. You didn't get captured on purpose. <laughs> we saw you didn't get captured on purpose. You're lying. And the same goes for Black Arachnia, when um, Black Arachnia allegedly deliberately encouraged Starscream to attack Megatron so that she could get some of his Energon, when it was clear that she just found the Energon on the floor and went, oh, this is a good idea. Mm. It wasn't deliberate at all. See, that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand why Megatron knew they were going to attack him there. I... Because it's on the, cause it's on the, um, on the disc. But... If that's the case, the disc presumes that the Beast Wars people, the, the, the Maximals and Predacons are there because the only reason that Starscream attacked him was because Black Arachnia told him to. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense because they shouldn't be there otherwise. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense that Starscream has Shockwave's cloaking device. Yeah, that came out of nowhere as well. That, yeah, no, I had that in my notes because Alita 1 also has... Jetfire's laser beam, like she uses it in one episode and then she never she? uses it again. Yeah, she just uses it when? for like uh I think it's the first episode of Earthrise. She's about to get attacked by the Decepticons there were as she was right. releasing them from jail. She uses an a laser sword and then she never uses it again. <laughs> oh well, yeah, okay. I mean that's I mean that's I miss but that's fine. No, in the but in the last episode she's in shackles and chains and she's trying to get out and it's like well, use your sword if you've got a hidden, oh, yeah. <laughs> hidden laser sword. I wouldn't worry too much about that. But what I didn't understand was that Shockwave only revealed he had a cloaking device during Earthrise mm-hmm. while Starscream was in space. Mm-hmm. So how has Starscream got his cloaking device? And why does only Starscream have one? Well, I... Why wouldn't Megatron have one? I got the impression he either stole it or he just remembered yeah. he had it. Well, this this is something that I'm gonna. I'll get onto it later, but there's a lot of it happens throughout the whole thing. Uh, all of War for Cybertron, it, it it leaves a lot of gaps to be filled by your own imagination, mm. where you've got to kind of go, oh well, I guess that happened, because I suppose it must have done. You know, they don't actually tell or tell or show you anything. They just suspect you know it, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's one of those things. But yeah, but I mean, I thought Dinobot's characterization was characterization was okay. Had like the basic building blocks of um, 
who he was. It was just a bit clumsy. Did you did you appreciate the uh, the flashback that was um, of them stealing the disc? Yeah, that was all right. That was clearly lifted from IEW. Oh, did they do that in IEW as well? Well, in the in the new comic book, it looks very much like the new comic book. Oh it, yes, like, yes, it does. Yeah, like in the the new IEW comic book, it, I I did note that. Yeah, I thought I thought it was quite good when they kind of like did that. They clearly, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got quite a bit of their idea of 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 Beast Wars from that comic. I'm sure they've watched some of the show, but mm. like it felt a little bit more like the depictions of the characters in that comic to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I don't. I reckon they might have. They may have taken some inspiration from that. No, I quite like that. That was okay. There were some Easter eggy bits that were quite good. Like, um, I think it's in the first or second episode. Optimus Prime has this kind of weird flash. He's feeling weird. He never mm. mentions it again right. because why would you? Why would you have any continuity? But he has this kind of weird flash, and he sees all these things from the past. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, well, not that. from the past, from, from different versions of from different versions of the future, I think, mm. because you see, you see, oh yeah, you see Bumblebee meeting Bumblebee and Spike. You see um, Optimus Prime meeting Spike and Sparkplug. Mm. Mm. Um, you see him on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has these kind of flashes to possible futures that haven't happened, or will, ha- or will happen, or might not happen. That was quite nice, and then obviously he had a lot of the Easter eggy stuff with um, when they were in the Allspark crater, and they had all these weird visions, like you know, uh, Starscream having a vision about the coronation, you know, <laughs> the, the, the crown, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got sideswipes off somewhere, going Sunstreaker, <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like that, there's good bits there. Yeah, you know? yeah. everyone's having their little vision that's definitely a reference to. To G one or or Beast Wars or whatever it might be. Even the um even the partnership between Black Arachnia and Starscream was very reminiscent of uh when uh absolutely Starscream's ghost takes over Waspinator possession possession That's the, the episode yeah yeah no absolutely she almost quotes herself a few times yeah. saying things like she knows a bit about it because in possession she he turns up and he tells everybody when he's in Waspinator's body he says. Oh, I was destroyed defending Galvatron yeah, from, yeah. <laughs> from Unicron. And and then later on, Black Arachnia goes, I've read my history books and you weren't destroyed pre- de- protecting Galvatron. <laughs> you were destroyed by Galvatron <laughs> for, um, for treachery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was good. I like the fact that she had that knowledge. It, it was a nice kind of callback mm. to, um, to, to Beast Wars. My I think I was talking about this when we were talking about Siege and I was saying it it looks like there was more of this show mm. and then they cut it down and then they didn't bother to check continuity afterwards because when Bumblebee and uh, Prime face Nemesis Prime mm-hmm. Nemesis kind of jumps up into the air He's look- and he wants the Allspark and he looks around and he looks down and he sees Bumblebee crawling down a cliff mm-hmm. And it flashes up. You, you see it from his his point of view, from his you know, like inside his kind of uh, head up display. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you see him, you see him spot him, and you see a little kind of graphic of the Allspark come up, which is obviously meant to. Well, I I assume it means I can see that he's carrying the Allspark, right? right? Yeah. And then next scene, he's fighting Optimus Prime, asking where the Allspark is. 
And it's like, it's with Bumblebee. You just saw it. You just saw that Bumblebee had the Allspark and now you've forgotten? Yeah. Um, I didn't notice that. I was more focused on the massive crater they made. And they made this... Um, oh, what was the dialogue? It was like, Bumblebee was like, this is new. This wasn't here when we left. I picked up on that. Who 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 made this? And he, Prime was like, only someone like me <laughs> could have could have made this. I have the power to make a crater like this. Do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I honestly I, I I wrote this down too. Like it's like because it's like yeah. He says something along the lines of um, what what could make a crater like this? And he's like, only only I could. Only someone as powerful as it's like. Since when have you been powerful? When when did you set this up? I don't I don't remember you being really powerful. I mean, I remember you getting your your ass kicked in the first episode by Megatron. Every episode, um, like you know, I don't yeah, exactly. He's not he's never been portrayed as super powerful. No, I mean, I mean, what even made it even more noticeable is that, from my understanding, Nemesis and Galvatron are starting to stop them getting the all spark into this tower. Yet they made a crater directly to the only door into the tower. In fact, directly on the same level that Bumblebee needs to go to to slot it back yeah. in. Like, why is there a door down there? <laughs> well, I mean, that can be explained by the fact that the Allspark creates that temple wherever it goes. So the Allspark has full control over how it looks, and he can he can probably move the doors around. I mean, they do, he does say that he says that the tower and the Allspark move around Cybertron. Are only visible to yeah. people or whatever who they deem worthy or. or yeah, it, 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 it's very. To be honest, anything that's happening with the Allspark, forget about it. Doesn't <laughs> matter. None of it's going to make any sense. It's just whatever they want it to be. Whatever the writers need it to do, it can do. <laughs> I would not question it too much because it 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 changes all the time. That was another thing. The whole kind of like. Rhinox going, oh, you went through the dead universe. Well, I know what this, what's wrong with this then. Oh, I fixed it. Uh, and then they go, and they use the same thing to fix the Allspark. Is yeah. that what, what? How does Rhinox have this knowledge? And Because they're and, from the future. Must they travel through the dead universe all the time? But what is it? What is it you've done? And like, yeah, it's a bit odd. And it, and it also didn't need to happen. Like, there's no reason, like... They didn't need to do any of that. You could have just fixed the you could have just fixed the arc in a regular way. You could have just grabbed the Allspark in a regular way. You didn't need this code. It was completely unimportant, and it was only introduced when it was needed. So there was no kind of feeling of oh, we've got to get this sorted. It was just like oh, the Allspark's poorly. Don't worry, because Rhinox has got the thing that makes it better. I think it was the only thing that really cemented that they were from the future and that they would have had better technology. They keep making disses at the Ark and the Nemesis being ancient or, you yeah. know, you know, oh, what do they call it? Uh, primitive type technology. But then, mm-hmm. I mean, what are the Maximals and Predacons using that's any superior? You don't even see their ships. In this no, at all. you don't, no. <laughs> no, they don't, they, they don't lose them at all. We don't see the Axelon, we don't see the Dark Side, we don't, you know, okay. we, have no, we have no idea whether they actually even have those ships. And they do make mention of them. They say, because they want to strip the the art yeah. for parts, which I found they very do. like, it's very confusing about that that initial scene when they meet and they're like, "Well, we know it's them from the past, but sod that, yeah, <laughs> take all their energy." <laughs> I mean, they didn't at first, 
No, when they said they were going to strip the ship, they weren't clear that they were that they were from their past. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Going back to that thing that I was saying about it looks like they cut bits out and not mm-hmm. check the continuity. Did you notice that when towards the end, well, fifth episode, um, and they're trying to get the arc to take off, and then. Megatron turns up in the Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Starscream and Black Arachnia and uh, Bumblebee are on the ground outside the Ark. Mm-hmm. And then this big shadow comes over the top of them. And they're like, oh my God. And then you've cut inside to the bridge of the Ark. And someone's like, "What was? what's that? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't me or something, I think Will Jack says. And then you cut to the bridge of the Nemesis... And Megatron goes, fire again! And it's like, you haven't fired once yet. (laughs) No, I didn't notice that. (laughs) How can you fire again? I think that, yeah, it might have been cut. Yeah, because that's when Starscream saw his vision of Unicron and he's coming to warn them. And he's like, here's a golden disc. Yeah. (laughs) And then Bumblebee snaps it up. I mean... I don't know. I mean, it's a fine, but like, is that a good idea? It's it might be um, useful. I think it was. I think it was. Um, it's more understandable than probably give it credit because at that point they don't really know what that is, let alone what its purpose is. Even though Starfin rambles on about it. In this uh, in this part of War for Cybertron, Bumblebee ascends to his position of basically second in command. Very quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, he should probably be in command because Optimus is no, in no fit state to lead. I did go back and watch the previous seasons, uh, like the the, thir- the first two um, parts. And in it, the Alpha Trion protocol basically tells Bumblebee that he needs to look after Prime and make mm-hmm. sure he doesn't make any silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that's basically his job. And he does it a couple of times. At one point, Prime goes, I'm going to go... This is on the final episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to sort the Allspark out on my own. Mm. And it's like, well, why? And he goes, shut up. I'm going <laughs> on my own. And then he goes on his own. And then somehow Bumblebee gets in front of him and stops him and goes, no, you can't go on your own. I have to come with you. And it's like, you just watched him leave. Why didn't you stop him then? Why have you got to let him run off, then somehow go in front of him and jump out in front of him and stop him? Well, Prime was like, um, I didn't want to tell you in front of the others. So I assume Prime was driving really slow. So it Bumblebee didn't look could like he was him. driving very slow to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, fine. Um, towards the end, when I was watching it for the first time, I really thought some sort of shenanigans was going to happen and Bumblebee was going to become Rodimus Prime. Mm. Because I was like, we have to see the toy being advertised at some point in this show. Yeah, it wasn't in it, was it? It wasn't, but I thought because they keep because he keeps talking about it, they keep saying he's the chosen one or whatever. He keeps joking about it as the throughout the. Well, he does the a little chapter. bit, yeah. Now here and there. I thought they were really going to do something about like like that at the end. Like I thought he was going to yeah go through some sort of transformation when he um, put the spark the all spark back. But... And there were some there were some little bits where that was maybe seeded. I, I, actually, this is something that I thought was a bit weird. You know when 
when they're in the Allspark crater looking for the Allspark, mm. they, they turn up, so they, they use the tracers that air rays are put on them to find them, and they find they're all in the same space, you know, mm. like the two groups, the, uh, the Decepticons slash Predacons, and also the splinter group of Dinobot, mm. Black Arachnia and, and Starscream. They're all in this crater together, so they know they've got to go there to find the Allspark. And they turn up, and Optimus is, like, in radio contact with Bumblebee and everybody on the Ark. He's talking to Bumblebee, and he says... Ready to go. Bumblebee, should we fail, you will have to lead the Autobots. (laughs) And I'm like, why? Like... Do you mean if if you die, you're just looking for the Allspark? Like I don't. Mm. Would that mean that you would die? Why why are you? Where's the impetus to say that? Like that that doesn't seem to be any direct threat upon your life right now. So why are you saying this? I mean, it, and why it, are you saying it so slowly? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is that, but it's it is kind of strange that Bumblebee is the only one who seems to be the voice of reason in the show. Mm-hmm. for well the majority of the show because mm-hmm. in siege he wasn't affiliated with the Autobots or the decepticons he was he wasn't even a mercenary really he was just some sort of energy on the scout yeah he was a scavenger yeah so i assume from that type of lifestyle he would have to have found ways of looking after himself mm-hmm. and you know keeping out of the war but it seemed that he very quickly learned how to command and you know, well, he was he was brainwashed by the um, <laughs> by, by the Alpha Triumph protocol. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's just nitpicking at this point. All that Ultra <laughs> Ultra Magnus should have had, and he should have been aware of. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah for some reason, no, <laughs> no, we have to pass it on to another guy for no reason. We could have just had Bumblebee pick up the Alpha Triumph protocol. From somewhere else. It didn't have to come from Ultra Magnus, did it? But no, I mean, it did. It yeah. did for some reason. I don't know why. It's, it felt like you're saying, it felt like it was seeding things and it could have gone somewhere, but mm-hmm. it just didn't really. If anything, maybe they should really have focused on him becoming an Autobot by having the symbol on his chest later than they did. Because I thought that that... Yeah. Rewatching it, I was like... He did it basically when they... Um... Well, it was just it was just after the encounter with Decius, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which you know, he had time to do that. So why why Primal's why Prime's not got time to talk to Primal? I do not know. <laughs> I mean, even than that, he was standing outside of the ship brooding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm busy out here ignoring everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I think I think Bumblebee was meant to be. A more of a central part of the series than he actually was. I think they wanted him to be the kind of the grounding character that that is meant to be because he's meant to bring balance to Prime or something stupid. But it seems like there's somewhere along the line it's been mandated that you've got to have a lot of shit with Prime. Prime's got to be constantly on screen, constantly talking very slowly, and constantly <laughs> uh, having some kind of internal conflict. Um, over over his existence and over what he's done to everybody it's quite it's quite interesting how integral that is in this storyline it's very um i mean like most of like superhero movies these days it's very even though the bad guy 
um, maybe using terrible means to achieve his goal. Some, a lot of the time, they actually have good intentions for the planet, the universe, or whatever. But it's just mm. the way they do it is what's wrong. Yeah. In their mind, then what they're doing is for the the greater good for them, or what their vision of the future is. Yeah, yeah, and and they and they definitely do that with Megatron. Yeah, but for Prime, it's very unclear what his vision of the future is and how what he's doing is doing something for a better future he's just very he's just so (laughs) i mean even before he did the whole thing with the all spark he was battling with is what he doing the right thing and constantly blaming himself he's a he's a very simple creature (laughs) he believes freedom is the right of all sentient beings and as far as he's concerned, that's all he's all he's concerned with. So he's like, everyone must be free. So Megatron's plan is no good because he sees because Megatron would be the totalitarian leader of the planet and would everyone would be, in his words, his slave. Mm. That doesn't work. But what Prime's suggesting isn't much better. No. And he's still <laughs> kind of in charge. And he's and he also treats a lot of his troops like they that, that they don't need to know what he's doing and they just have to blindly follow what he's doing. So it's, is it that different? It's not. If, if anything... He's a total hypocrite. Shockwave's original plan to de-res the Autobots and make them into Decepticons... Which makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense, but it still probably would have been the least casualty outcome for whatever this war is. Like, Yeah. I mean, they would all be Decepticons, but at least they would all be alive. Or... But what is a Decepticon? Well. <laughs> Never really made clear. I don't, I don't know how you can de-res something and reformat it as something else. It, it gives the impression that Autobots and Decepticons are a separate species, but they're not. Because they're constantly referred to as the same species, they're constantly referred to as factions as well as also being. I think Decepticons are like a creed. Maybe they're like kind of um, they they're a bunch of Cybertronians who all decided that they wanted to follow Megatron, and they grew apart from the Autobots. Mm. But they're definitely the same race. Mm. Starscream even says it when he comes to see to see them in, at the end of kingdom and says we need to work together for the good of the species i think he says something like that yeah so it's the same you know they are the same thing but the, yeah that that's very confusing the idea that you could so if you de-res people and um turn them into decepticons that suggests that the decepticons have no free will as to what side of the war they're on mm. As in, what it's, it's not a choice in the same way. It, yeah, it, suggest, it suggests that if you've got an Autobot badge on, you have to follow Optimus Prime, and if you've got a Decepticon one on, you have to follow. But that's not the case because you see Jetfire change sides. So it, Impactor. I, yeah, Dinobot. Ex- exactly. So, so it's like, I, yeah, don't want to get into it again, but I don't <laughs> get it. It doesn't make any sense. You were saying you thought it was a vast improvement on the previous two series. I, I do not think it is. I, I think it is in the sense of that I was expecting amazingly a lot worse. And I don't... The only thing that I would take from the two interactions, like you were saying, is the Beast Wars fan Megatron fanboy. I thought that mm. that was so out of character. Almost everyone else is kind of a pale comparison 
mm-hmm. to their original series. But that Megatron was so different. And it wasn't just because he was... He was just a lackey. It's not even just because of that. It's not that he did not have anything else than that. Like it was... No. I could believe that the origin, that Beast Wars Megatron loves or idolizes G1 Megatron, but not to the extent of his own well-being and yeah. his own, you know, vision of conquesting or doing whatever. Beast Wars Megatron wasn't stupid. He wasn't stupid, yes. Yeah. Megafan is stupid. <laughs> and that I think that's the problem. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. I thought he was really, really bad. And his voice was bad. Yes. And yes. just ev- everything about him was just not good. Like, that, not. I didn't enjoy one bit of him being on screen at, at any point. I would go... They basically turned him into Scorponok. As in Beast Wars. As in Beast Wars Scorponok. He just does what he's told. I like how Scorponok was the cog of this. Yeah, he was... He was the troop builder. All of a sudden, there's like loads of them. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a bit strange that there was only three Protocons and that they were having so much trouble with just three of them. Megatron, Black Rattany, and Dinobot. And then loads of Scorponox appears out of nowhere. So I guess yeah, that's who they needed to stop. Yes, <laughs> I assume they just got an army of Scorponox. <laughs> well, th- this, is, this, is some- this is something that's a problem with all of War for Cybertron. It has no sense of humour. It has no levity. It's ne- it's never funny. Mm-hmm. They could have totally played out, played up how irritating it was to Megatron that there's this idiot purple dinosaur that's calling himself Megatron. <laughs> that he mentions it a couple of times, but it's it's never well done or funny. It's just kind of like, oh, this is a good, bit annoying. Just change your name. I'm yeah, sick of about it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, and they could have made a big deal out of that, but they didn't. But then I wouldn't expect them to, because it would be such a kind of jarring change in tone if they started being funny all of a sudden. I mean, it was we spoke about it in our, pre- our predictions in the last episode of uh, Earthrise. Um, we did talk about that. We, mm-hmm. um, we spoke about... Uh, hopefully the Beast Wars guys would inject some sort of comedy or humour for them being such light-hearted characters. Uh, but no... <laughs> no, I mean there was there was some very there were some attempts at it. Rat Trap once or twice tried to make a joke, and they were kind of okay, but they weren't. Oh, who's one of the Autobots here? I think it's Sideswipe. For those nitpickers out there, it's Hound actually. Not that it matters. Most of the Autobots are interchangeable. There's no discernible difference between Hound and Sideswipe, other than their colour and shape. And it's like, uh, they all shout maximize and, and transform and run off. And they're like, does that mean transform? Does it- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's one or two very, very yeah. weak, weak <laughs> attempts at comedy that, that maybe if I were a kid, maybe I might find them funny. There was another one. Uh, is it like they were climbing some sort of mountain and they were all running up in beast modes? And they were they were but sort of struggling. They were struggling with the uh, with the terrain. Yeah, like I've got arms and legs to walk up. <laughs> yeah, I can only travel in vehicle mode. What is this weird torture? Well, yeah, no, and and, and that's fine. But it, it obviously, I think if you'd gone too far with the comedy, it wouldn't have worked anyway. So it's kind of I'm I'm glad they tried to put a bit of it in there, but it just it fell flat because it just wasn't very funny. I mean, to be fair, I think the the last. You know, try to make a joke was that 
in Earth Rise when they called Bumblebee the ugly one. Even yeah, yeah. even Bug Bite, the clone of him. Well, that was that was the joke, wasn't it? Originally, Bug Bite called him the ugly yellow one or something like that. But yeah, um... like, great work, guys. That's it. <laughs> script done. Yeah, well, Jesus. Well, you know what I think of the script. <laughs> well, I did actually. I do. I have got an example of a point where I found it sort of funny mm-hmm. when the show basically trolls itself, and the Maximals point out. That the art that the all spark seems kind of pointless. Air Razor doesn't even know what it is. Mm. And it's like, well, hang on, isn't this the reason your planet's destroyed? W- would you not know what the all spark was? But they also, you know, RC goes, oh, it's the source of all life. We can't exist without it. And Ratchet goes, well, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yes. But they're kind of pointing at how they failed to um, to show us how important the Allspark is mm-hmm. to Cybertronian life. They've 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 not managed to kind of make us believe it's that you know that important that, that they can all that, yeah the, the, the quest to get the Allspark is really that important, <laughs> which is a bit you know a bit odd of them to do. Just go oh yeah we're um, yeah it's not that important. We could just probably just leave it here, go back. I found it was strange that um, a lot of the Kingdom Beast Wars characters didn't resemble their toys as much as the Siege guys do, even though they pretty much all transform. And I don't necessarily mean like in the way they transform and where, you know, obviously for the Beast modes, all the, they wouldn't see the robot modes in them, but their actual robot modes designs are very off from what their figures yeah. are compared to uh how you know one-to-one the siege guys are that's because they didn't do it the same um they didn't use hasbro's cad files for um uh, for for this series for this season wow apparently most most of the models in siege were you they used direct cad models well a lot of them anyway Mm. so they looked almost bang on to the toys almost to to a fault but that's because that show siege was made much much later in the development of of the toy line, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. The Siege toy line had already been in development for quite some time. Whereas Earthrise and Kingdom were being animated as Earthrise and Kingdom toy lines were being designed. So they didn't have the CAD files for a lot of the stuff. So they had to just go off of other things. So I know that they used... Um, for the Beast Wars characters, they just based roughly base them on show appearances and existing masterpiece figures and things like that. Oh. And the non-toy characters, a lot a lot of them are based on kind of concept art created for the show rather than the actual toys. Hmm. But yeah, and apparently, obviously, things like Galvatron um, and Unicron... Well, Unicron, obviously, you had the toy, but Galvatron was based just kind of on his G1 appearance, just went... This is what G1 Gravitron looks like. Done. They didn't. The toy hadn't even been designed at the point that. Yeah. Well, which is why he looks nothing. He looks nothing like that. Well, not nothing like, but he doesn't look a lot like the Kingdom toy. No, no, it's very, very different. But I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's just noticeable. It's like how you noticed how Bumblebee and RC were very just different to everyone else. Hmm. I thought it was odd that Primal uses his swords. Mm-hmm. But he never uses his wrist cannons. 
He never uses his shoulder cannons. Mm-hmm. In fact, his shoulder cannons seem to be his jetpack. Mm-hmm. So he, at one point, he's got a gun in his hand. And I'm like, why has he got a gun in your hand when you've got those things in your wrists? Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you use them? And I don't know why Air Razor needs to be Iron Man, but she does. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> Surely, if you're searching for people, you'd be better off flying around in bird mode mm-hmm. than flying around like Iron Man <laughs> with, the, with the jets in your hands and your feet. Mm. Is it just because the animators wanted to animate Iron Man or something? I did notice that, and that was very odd. Thinking about it, did the other did the Seekers just float? They always just transform to fly. I never see them fly in robot mode. No, she's the only one. Oh, no. Oh, Primal flies in robot mode as well, obviously. No, 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 but I mean the, the, the Decepticons. I don't think I've ever oh, yeah, seen yeah. them levitate. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's bits where people weirdly levitate like Nemesis does at one point. Oh, yeah, um, that was odd. I liked... Uh, and it kind of pulls back to our previous podcast about transformation. Mm-hmm. I like that the Beast Wars guys fought a lot in beast mode, mm-hmm. in, even to the point where it was it was a stupid idea for you to charge or jump into battle in your beast mode. But at least they did transform and fought yeah. a lot in. And I kind of like that because the other guys are hardly transforming at all. Yeah. So it, <laughs> No, you're right. They they use their beast modes quite a lot, not just not just for battle, for transportation and so on. Mm. Although you did actually see a few of the G1 in inverted commas guys in their alt modes at points as well, but I mean, not a lot. No. <laughs> Prime definitely used his a, fair, a couple of times. Um, I'm fairly sure there was there was a bit where um, Cheetor was running ahead and the cars were following him. Yeah, but I, I mean more in terms of fighting because they, whenever they transform, it's, most of the time it's just for travel. Well, why would you transform cool. to fight anyway? Well, you would I mean, transform they... into your robot mode to fight. This is why the Dinobots have terrible um, alt modes. <laughs> well, the Dinobots breathe fire or, or they can do, do they, a lot of other things. Why do they create, breathe fire? Like Great not... earthquakes and whatnot. Well, when, I... did, when did dinosaurs breathe fire? Never. <laughs> I think that the, the, the car guys mm. could do as much damage ramming someone, especially Prime, as a truck. What, than shooting someone with a missile? I would say not. I mean, well, do they do that? Because even, yeah, even the... they do, even do the, that. Even the guys with um, missile launchers on their shoulder, they very rarely... No, they use, use them quite that. a few times. I remember them using them a few times. Not for battle, for distractions or something, but not shooting someone well, in the face. <laughs> well, maybe... I mean, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, yeah, I suppose it's good that they did transform. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not good that they didn't that they that they transformed. I just don't think that I don't think that turning into we've had this discussion when we had when we did the alt modes thing. I don't think alt modes are for battle. No, no, I it's I don't think I don't think they all are, but I think it's it's nice that they did do that mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, uh, because. I mean, like you said, there is no real reason why they're beasts. Mm-hmm. And not like the whole Energon levels or whatever is not mentioned, so it can't be that. Yeah. It's not a shielding thing. So Well, they don't it, say anything. Yeah, they don't 
exactly they don't explain why they turn to beasts which is why they feel a bit weird hmm. I suppose it's just they turned up there and went well this place is full of animals so <laughs> let's be animals oh they must have like, that's, that's as much as they thought about it it's like but these animals aren't going to do anything. They're not going to go, oh my God, there's a massive robot. I need, And they don't. So why did they even take on animal alt modes? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because they don't, they don't have it in the flashback. I suppose the only, only reason that you could possibly attribute to it, which is kind of mentioned, is that maybe it makes it easier for them to tra- traverse the landscape. Probably, yeah. But that's it. But I mean, that works for some of them. I don't know if a T-Rex is better at climbing a cliff face. <laughs> Probably not. He's got long legs. Okay, yeah, and tiny <laughs> arms. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, it, they, they never even question it. Like, it's just like, they're in the ark, some animals attack them. They go, oh my God, animals are attacking us. <laughs> then the animals turn into robots and they go, oh, you're robots. That's it. Like us. Yeah, just like us. Okay. Well, right. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna question why you turn into organic robot, organic animals. That's just fine. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, it's not a big deal. Um, but it, it is. It is funny that they just kind of gloss over it. It's not. It's not important. It doesn't matter I guess... that, I, that I've got a dinosaur head for a hand. It doesn't matter. I guess you. What you have to blame for that is Prime, because I am sure in Optimus Primal's explanation of what the hell's going on and what the future was going to be. He was going to tell them that. He was going to be like, okay. Oh, I see so what Prime just said. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stop explaining things to me. <laughs> I'm too busy. I've got to go outside and have a bit of a long think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You might be right. Um, just from your own knowledge of Cybertron lore, does it have an atmosphere? Um, uh, not that. Well, I mean, I mean, it's better. I suppose it must do. Why but not? Like an atmosphere for it to have clouds. I mean, it does have acid rain, I suppose, doesn't it? I think uh, it does. I, I mean, uh, does it matter whether it does or not? No, no, no. I just thought it was because I just thought it was very strange that in Siege there was like. The whole show was in darkness until the end, until they went through the arc. I see. And you mean. it was daylight. And then at the end of the show as well, it was like that. So sort of like, is is that an old spark thing? Is that a Well I mean that's that's less to do with atmosphere, that's more to do with the bit it does it revolve a, does it revolve around the sun? The sun? <laughs> um I, I I don't think the guys making the show thought about that very much. They just <laughs> thought it's it's war it's dark, it's gritty, everything's crap. It's going to be nighttime all the time. And then when the Allspark comes back, it'll be daytime because it'll be bright and sunny and everything's better. I mean, because even... Because cause, cause, um, from our previous episode, we were talking about headmasters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the last episode of the American show, they the yeah they save everything and the Cybertron turns gold. Yes. But it's still nighttime. So I, I was under the assumption that... Oh, I see. <laughs> the same I type of logic. I don't know. I mean, no, I don't know. I don't know if 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 if, if Cybertron has an atmosphere, but obviously this is a different continuity. But I'm fairly sure. What am I? 
I was going to say, do we ever see Spike or Daniel wandering around the surface of Cybertron without a helmet on? No, because they're good. Are they always? Yes. We do. Yes, you do. You do. Then, Sorry. Then yes, it must. Then it must have an atmosphere. It must, and it must contain oxygen. You do. Yeah. Mm, it, I guess so. Because they can breathe up there. Again, I don't think the guys making the TV show ever thought about <laughs> it, but because we've seen it, it must be true. You wanted to talk about toy line versus show. Yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I was meant to make a note of that. I didn't go back and do it. I was meant to see. How many characters actually transform on screen versus just clones of people just walking around not doing anything? Mm-hmm. Like the character model usage, uh, I find weird. Yeah, because guess guess like the Einhide clones and stuff that I I didn't see um, a point of. But even if the well, even Scorponok had done it as well, it was just it was just odd that. That's the way they decided to fill the scenery and stuff. Like, I feel like it would make more sense to make a generic robot without an alt mode, like a bumblebee mm-hmm. or something, with different heads on. Yeah. Like, I, I understand there's a budget, but I mean, making several different heads, someone with a visor, someone not with a visor, all in the background, would have been so much better Maybe. than this constant reuse of characters are not going to transform so why give them a transforming body type like a vehicon or the drones in beast machines type of feel that's like why is it necessary to to have lots of people in the background or a lot of people a lot of people of the of the main show cast characters it's not so much that it's i would find it more as even as a person who knows about transformers mm-hmm. it, it was a shock when Moonracer died in Siege, because I thought that was Chromia. Like, well, they look identical. They're almost the same color. <laughs> oh yeah, like w- why? And then Chromia pretty much dies in Earthrise anyway, so yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean, but um, I don't know. I suppose I don't have a much of an issue with that. I get that they want to make the world look a bit bigger and make the ranks of the Autobots and Decepticons look a bit, you know, fuller, like, you know, pad them Mm -hmm. out. So reusing cogs and reusing reflectors and even reusing iron highs and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, Same, you know, Scorponok, Beast Wars Scorponok. But it is interesting that that there's not an awful lot of transforming in the show Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is done off screen. Mm-hmm. The arc transformed off screen. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'd think that that was meant to be like a big thing. I mean, even we spoke about it, even Scorponok in Earthrise transforms off screen. Yeah. You don't see him. Virtually no one transforms off screen. Like even when Megatron turns into his tank, the camera kind of spins away from him, and then he's <laughs> it comes back to him, and his cannon is just kind of slotting in place. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see yeah, the whole thing. Like you don't see the full, full, full thing. Yeah, and I mean, I don't care, but <laughs> I understand that people do care, and people people who like Transformers like to see them transform. And it is weird that they... Not weird, but it is a bit of a swizz that so little transformation appears in the show. Mm-hmm. Because that is basically the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it isn't. it's not really the... 
It is, isn't it? It's more the selling point of Transformers, really, is that they transform. And again, if you're watching the TV show as a kid now, Mm. I mean, I know when I was watching G1 as a kid, what was amazing to me was that they transformed. Well, there you go. Yeah. And and you saw them do it all the time. (laughs) You know, They they would constantly show them doing it. Autobots transform and roll out and you, you, you'd you see them do it, you know? You don't see I mean, I, this at all. I have, a, I have more of a biased opinion on that because I grew up on the Unicorn trilogy where it was like maybe a third of the show was dedicated to those massive transformations. Well, yeah, they had those... Uh, the music those, kick in. Those and... stock sequences that they just play over <laughs> and over and over and it would be, be the same every time. And I would love it. It was great. It was like, yeah! Again, again, it's the same thing, though. They're selling you on the gimmick of the toy. Earthrise is not doing that. Earthrise is is, it's it's sitting in a weird little kind of area. Not Earthrise, sorry. War for Cybertron. It's sitting in a weird area of this is meant to be a serious TV show for adults, in inverted commas, but it's about toys that you mm-hmm. can buy in the entertainer or smiths mm-hmm. or used to be able to buy in toys r us <laughs> there it's it's so weird i mean regular adults who aren't interested in toys won't watch this uh, even maybe if they like transformers when they were kids maybe they might and i think kids will find will f- maybe not get the gimmick because the fact that they transform doesn't seems completely beside the point of what's happening in the show it's not really... It's it's completely unimportant. They could not transform and the show would be exactly the same. It's true. Anything else? Um, do you think that if the 86 movie guys were meant to be in the slot of the Kingdom guys instead? Because you said you had... Some oh, sort of on that. What oh. was what's that about then? Right. Yes. So this is um, these are some rumors that I've been reading. Mm. So the rumor is that um, Beast Wars wasn't originally going to be part of Kingdom. Right. And it was John Warden and his team pushed for Beast Wars to be in it because of the twenty fifth anniversary coming up. For the uninitiated, John Warden was Hasbro's senior design manager on the Transformers franchise during the War for Cybertron trilogy, and therefore hugely influential on what figures appeared in the War for Cybertron line. And that originally, the time travel element in Kingdom, Kingdom may not have been called Kingdom as a result, because, you know, but anyway, the time travel element in a third part would involve a crossover with the 1986 movie characters. In a way, kind of copying Target 2006 from the Marvel UK comic book. with Because right. you, you've, got, you've got Galvatron coming back in time in... Well, coming out of his own time and appearing in the dead universe in Earthrise. And mm. it would follow that you might see Hot Rod and Optimus Prime... Sorry, Rodimus Prime and Cup... And RC, or RC though, is there from the bloody beginning anyway. But you know what I mean? Weirdly, she just appears in Siege for no reason, and then she's just there. But anyway, you're kind of expecting or thinking that might happen. Apparently that was originally part of the plan, but then it was kind of pushed for the Beast Wars guys to be written in. 
So, and I, and that's why Kingdom and Studio Series 86 is a bit of a mess because you've got, you've got people who really should be in Studio Series 86 appearing in Kingdom. Mm. Like Rodimus Prime, like Cyclonus, like Galvatron. Now, okay, Galvatron is in the Kingdom show, but the others aren't, you know? It's interesting because I wonder what that original, you know... Well, it would have been quite different. Would been. It would have been quite different, but... Um, I because I honestly would have preferred it. I don't know if I would. I would rather they not piss all over Beast Wars and leave it alone. But I kind I kind of wouldn't want them to do that to the eighty six movie either. Like I, the eighty six movie's already been pissed on millions of times. <laughs> it's, it doesn't I mean, ma- it doesn't matter. I mean, like you know that. They've reused those characters over and over again in many, 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 many iterations. Beast Wars have been largely left alone until now. But that's that's what I mean. Like I think I would I I if anything good to come out of this is that the Beast Wars is back in the mainstream. Yeah, if anything good to come out of this, they've ruined Beast Wars for everybody. Absolutely. No, <laughs> no I mean that the characters <laughs> have come back. They've come back. They've come back, and they're really bad. I mean, like they've, I, I, they've I, bought I them don't... back, and they've ruined them. And I'm so pleased. Is it is it wrong that I think that's better than the '86 guys? Why? Because because it would just be from Kingdom, right? So I guess the only difference may be Galvatron and Earth Rise doesn't show him the golden disc, and he shows him. He just focuses on the Matrix. Well, it would be considerably... It would probably be a bit different, but um, you wouldn't have the Golden Disc shenanigans going on. No. But No time travel. Well, well there'll be time travel. Absolutely time travel. Well, I, I guess who's time... Who would be time travelling? <laughs> um, Galvatron, Hot Rod, all of those guys. Because they're from the future of Cybertron. Instead of being instead of the the beast the beast wars guys being from the future of Cybertron, the eighty six guys would be from the future of Cybertron. Because so that would also mean that Cybertron doesn't die. Because we only learn about the symbiotic connection in Kingdom in the same way. Well, why would this, why would Cybertron not die? Unless it's because the eighty six guys were on Earth. Yes. In modern Earth. Like on Earth, and then it? and then and then you could actually have the. You could actually have the guys from Siege be reformatted into their Earthrise bodies. Yeah. Because it would be probably a modern Earth or a futuristic Earth rather than a prehistoric Earth. So mm. you would be able to have actually have a lot more of the, the actual toys that from the actual toy lines in the show. It's, it's interesting because um, today I've got my Titan class arc. Really? And Scorpionock. And just looking at the box, I noticed that on the box, Starscream is in his Earthrise toy alt mode on the box mm-hmm. in that artwork. That's... Yeah, but the, as we all know, the toy line and the art and the and the TV show are very much not in symbi- symbiosis. There's, I mean, that's a big departure because it's already so late in the game. Why would he have the Earth mode and not the? Because Hasbro don't care. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is probably the main answer. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. 
they're, 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 they're all about selling you the toys. The TV show is not selling anyone any toys. Yeah, because the show's come so late after the toys have come out now. And it, and and they and they're not very good characters. Don't know. It's interesting. Is it, it, is literally like a variant timeline of what could have <laughs> happened. I just think I rec- I honestly think that there was quite a bit of mucking about with the show. I think that it w- could have been a different show. I know that um, it was a- F J DeSanto. He's the yeah. the guy behind it. He wanted Kingdom to be longer than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted the whole, the whole trilogy, you know, all all three parts to have more episodes and they'd be able to do a lot more with it. But Netflix were very, very strict about mm-hmm. how many episodes they could have. I wonder why that is because they did the same thing with He Man. It was meant to be like a, a like ten episodes, one and done, but they wanted it to be split apart into two five episodes. Five something thing. to do with how Netflix feel that their viewers consume things, and you know, I don't know, I don't know. Can't have I don't it longer. I don't work trial. for Netflix. I can't really tell you, but um, <laughs> they were very, very strict about it. Apparently, um, hmm. so, so that's yeah. Apparently, they they did want it to there to be more time, and and that's why I keep like I keep mentioning how there are bits where it seems that it's been cut up. And mm-hmm. there was maybe a scene that would have explained something and then it's disappeared and then they've not really gone back and gone, oh, that thing that that guy says makes no sense now because we didn't have that scene before. Like, I, I noticed it re-watching the whole of War for Cybertron. I noticed it. There were there were quite a few bits. There was a bit where um, in Earthrise when the Autobots are on that space station and they're fighting Scorponok. And Ironhide kind of radios Prime and says, uh, the Decepticons are just docked or something like that. And as far as I could tell, it's the first time Prime even knew the Decepticons were there. Mm. And he acts like it's not important. Like he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then Megatron turns up a minute later and they're like, what's Megatron doing here? <laughs> like, Ironhide just told you he's here. Yeah, so, yeah. Like I, I do think that there, that during production, um, there, there were a lot of ideas that ended up on the cutting room floor, and it could have possibly been a better show if they had more of that stuff in there, or there hadn't been so much interference from either Hasbro or Netflix or whatever in order to um, fulfil whatever they needed. I know that you know, Hasbro are obviously mandating which toys needed to appear, and obviously mm-hmm. when Hasbro. If Hasbro made the decision quite late in the day to include Beast Wars, they then had to completely change the last section of the show. It's it's interesting to say the least because I don't I don't know necessarily if it would have been better, but I think it definitely at least explained a lot more if we had got the full length. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm not saying it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for it for it to be better, they would have to write some better dialogue and get some better voice acting going on. To be honest. Yes. Yes. If it were longer and you still had that terrible dialogue, and it might it might actually be worse. <laughs> what does ever end? But but maybe but maybe the story might have made more sense in certain places. So. Anyway, you mentioned our predictions. Oh yeah. So I thought we could go through them because I wrote them down. So I went through the predictions we did on the podcast, and also 
What listeners won't know is that we both wrote down some predictions and thoughts on the trailer and emailed them to each other before the season started so we could then go back and look at them. So I've already written those down as well. So one of the predictions you made, Dave, on the podcast was there'll be very few characters from the Kingdom line in Kingdom. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's kind of true. Uh, I disagreed and said, I reckon we'll get most of the main cast of Beast Wars, which I was correct about. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean, they're all there, aren't they, pretty much? I think... uh, Everyone that's in the Kingdom toy line is in the show. I guess that that toy technically has not come out yet, so... What toy? I was thinking of Waspinator. Oh yeah, that's not come out yet, and there's going to be a Tarantulas at some point, and... I think there might be an inferno, but those haven't come out yet. Mm. So, all those, but everything we've seen in Kingdom from Beast Wars, aside from the fossilizers, which we'll get onto in a minute, was in the show. And I said that probably not the Studio Series eighty six stuff like Cyclonus, even though Cyclonus is actually in the Kingdom line. I didn't think I'd see, we'd see them, and we didn't. But you did say you doubted the fossilizers turn up, and you were correct. Mm-hmm. They didn't turn up at all. In fact, I think you were talking about this last time. The whole gimmick, the whole gimmick or gimmicks mm-hmm. of the War for Cybertron line was so very, very rarely used. They were used a couple of times in Siege and that's it. Yeah, that's it. I don't think they uh, they really play up on the whole modulator, no. weaponizer type gimmick yeah cog turned into some kind of shoulder mounted cannons a couple of times in siege and then Mm -hmm. that's it never happened again and then we never saw any fossilizers we never saw any of the other ones from earthrise um that was it yeah it was kind um quite disappointing it's kind of like having armada without any minicons in it it's like yeah it's the whole point of the line yeah this i mean it isn't isn't i think i think the toy line isn't really about the gimmicks. The gimmicks are just kind of an extra thing, maybe more to attract the kids. The toy line is 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 really more about providing faithful, updated re- versions of characters you know and love. No, no, and no. It's okay, not I... really about. It's not really about the modular armor and modular weapons and so on. I think, as in the way the toys. So, like Siege, by a lot, and Earthwise by probably about six months or so, came out before their respective shows mm-hmm. and the way hasbro talked about the toys and the toy line at the time made it as that this was going to be a big part of it and like the integration between these weapons and this armor and stuff will be a big part of this yeah it's a big part of the toy line but it's not a big part of the tv series well yeah well now we know it isn't but yeah. if anything it would there's so many situations where people are like, you know, I have to surrender or their guns get taken away or, yeah. you know, they're about to die. And I was like, well, one of you can transform into a tank and attach to someone. You know, it's, I mean, there's multiple, there's, there's loads of them. They mm-hmm. all could attach to each other. You know, it's. Well, I mean, I mean, it's quite good that Megatron turned into his tank mode and shot at the, uh, the arc at the end when the weapons went down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good for them to actually actually use that. <laughs> Remember, he can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's that's good, I guess. 
but yeah, I, I agree. But I think, I think, yeah, I think the things like things like the fossilizers and the um, weaponizers and what are the other, what battle masters or whatever they're called, battle those masters. things, even the those things, masters. yeah, all those things were there more from a toy perspective because they were they were ways you could make the toy line interact with each other and not so much from a story perspective. Oh no, wait, I tell you, lie. technically. Ravage and Laserbeak are battle masters. Yeah, but they're just tapes. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they, they fit. I don't, the... I don't. I don't care what they call them. <laughs> they're they're Soundwave's tapes, aren't they? They are. I mean, really? even uh, Steeljaw is in Siege. No, mm. Earthrise. They make mention briefly. of him briefly. Yeah, they mention him. I don't know if you actually see him. <laughs> you see the tape getting interrogated or something, but I mean, there isn't a toy of the tape yet. But, uh, oh, well, there you go. But it's it is strange. It is with all the stuff going on in the show. I actually don't think that that would have been bad or a distraction or you know reinforcing. Really I, uh, I disagree. I disagree. I think it would have been. I think it would have felt a bit out of place. It seems more like something you'd have in one of those Japanese shows, like um, like the Unicron trilogy, because it because this is really kind of dark and it's kind of deliberately dark and gritty. And if you have all this kind of like combine business, <laughs> like it's going to be a little bit kind of like what? Well, I mean, no one does that. No one. No, but you know what I just, mean. It just happens. But I, yeah, I, I yeah. do know what you mean. Yeah. But I mean, I think it it makes more sense in this whole war stuff to have all these extra battle things happening rather than Skylinks turning up just because toy or yeah. The arc. All of those. That's because All of toy, those. Like... Every single Titan turns up yep. because Toy, and every single Commander class turns up because Toy, except Rodimus. Which, which is weird. Like it, it was because it wouldn't fit. I don't think Rodimus was even meant to be in the Kingdom line. I, well, I mean, I because that I think he that... was supposed to be in the Studio eighty six line. But let's 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 look at the the rest of the predictions. I didn't think Galvatron would show up again. Now I was wrong in that respect because he was he did turn up properly mm-hmm. in reality so i didn't know that so that's yeah that's definitely because i th- i thought they'd just done they were like oh we've done that now we'll get on with it we've done this thing we've kind of laid the seeds of unicron existing and there being this other this other timeline where megatron becomes galvatron but i ne- didn't realize it was going to be quite so important to mm. this show I wasn't expecting it to really heavily revolve around the golden disc being a, basically a message from Megatron in the future. I thought the golden disc would be a message from the Megatron in the future. I think I think it's in my predictions, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was going to be a message from Megatron in the future handed over by Galvatron and Galvatron <laughs> being very interested in you knowing what's on it. But yeah, um, I thought it seems that Galvatron Nemesis Prime are real and on Earth this time. They were. Well, they weren't on Earth. Mm-hmm. They were on Cybertron, but they were real. I also noticed that the Beast Wars guys are the same scale as the Autobot and Decepticons. Did that bother you? It didn't bother me. Uh, it did, but not more than the first episode or so. It's just, it's a bit, it's a bit jarring. I don't think it would have worked if they were smaller. No, it probably wouldn't have, because they would have to be a lot smaller. Yeah, it would have been really weird. Mm. Imagine like that opening scene because actually that the scene where they where they meet 
Megatron for the first time is clearly <laughs> ripping ripping off Jurassic Park. Yes. But he comes out, he goes, Rah! but A, he's purple, and B, he's barely taller than any of the Decepticons. <laughs> Whereas in, in the thing that's amazing about it in, in Jurassic Park is that he's massive. He's massive. Now, now imagine if he were tiny. <laughs> imagine if he, were, he was barely higher than Megatron's knee pad. That wouldn't have the effect, would it? It would have made more sense the way he was kissing up to him if he was that small. I <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, yeah, I think it was best that they they evened the scale out there. Da, 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 da. Uh, I thought the animation well, from this is from watching the trailer. I thought the animation looked a little bit better, uh, or, or it's the colours or the organic backgrounds or whatever that make it look a bit more interesting, which I think is what it was. Like having watched. Because I rewatched all three sections. I think the animation is pretty much the same across the board. It's just that um, Kingdom looks a little. Kingdom's just a bit brighter. The and, environment because of the yeah because of the environment. It's very gritty and dark in um, in the first two sections, and the last section because you're on Earth and it's kind of a jungle. It's more yeah. It's just just I think it's just the lighting and the, the environment. I'll have a look at some of the things you said you liked. Mm-hmm. No Ironhide clones so far. <laughs> I mean, you did have multiple Scorpinox. You did have multiple Astro Trains. Did we? I think so. No. Oh no! One was one was Mirage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He um, did it well. His camouflaging thing. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, just like in previous. Um, previous parts of this you had autobots or well mostly autobots but you had you had people who would appear in the first couple of episodes and disappear for the rest of the thing mirage mirage was one mirage was there for a little bit he seemed like he was playing a fairly important role and then nah we haven't got time for him stick (laughs) stick him somewhere on the ark he's having a sleep somewhere yeah there's a big it's a big big question mark of that who's on the ark how big is it you know it's (laughs) <laughs> there's five people who have to be on the arc all the time pressing <laughs> buttons um, that's Ratchet Wheeljack Bumblebee well Bumblebee does get to come out sometimes Ironhide uh, Ironhide and then and now Rhinox they all have to just sit there pressing buttons that's their job now they don't get to do anything exciting even though technically now the arc is sentient and can just walk well I it mean <laughs> Is it though? I guess so. Gal- you said Galvatron is back with Nemesis Prime. You put that down as something you liked. Did you like that? I did. I thought it was, um, like I said before, I think it's a nice interpretation or version of the two of them. Like they've reached a point where they're both like sick of this and they're like, well, we'll just team up and time travel together, Doctor Who style, and uh, put a stop to Unicron. Yeah, I mean, I've never liked the concept of Nemesis Prime, ever. So, for me, it was like, mm, okay, Evil Prime, fine. Um, it made some sense, but I don't think he needed to be there, really. I've had enough by that point of Optimus Prime facing his demons that we don't have to have a physical representation of it. it we, we, didn't need, we didn't need you hammering that home any harder <laughs> than you'd already done it. 
just you know you'd already been smashing us over the head with Prime's guilt and Prime's uh, Prime's Prime's existential issues that we do not have to have a physical evil version of him to him to fight. It was, I mean, it, it was like the know, scene from Superman when he has to fight himself. <laughs> it is. <laughs> As I say, is the only thing that kind of bothered me about it is his design. I thought it was strange that he didn't have uh, the extra weaponry that his uh, spoiler box figure has. Because he's if he's meant to be reformatted, all he did was just all his new abilities now is that he can fly and use his smokestacks as guns. That's that's the power up. Yeah, but you know why that is? It's because they don't have to make a new model. It's the same yeah, model I... as Prime. Yeah, and I they know just, t- just painted black. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It'd be nice, I guess. It would have been nice. So what what else did we uh, did we have on your list uh, down here? The trailer music was cool enough, I guess so. But mm-hmm. the music in the show continues to be completely forgettable. As do the as does the title sequence, and all. you just skip past that. I watched it all on one point two five percent. The entire thing. Speed for it. I only, I only ever dropped down to regular speed just to check how annoying Prime was, and then I would put it back up to one point, one point twenty-five, so that so that everyone sounded like they were speaking at a normal speed. Um, <laughs> and it means that you can get a twenty-minute episode over faster. That's true. Uh, seeing the Beast Wars characters with the Siege car- uh, characters was nice to see. Yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. so. Yeah, you did say Beast Wars Megatron's Jurassic Park entrance as well. <laughs> Uh, most of the backgrounds are a welcome change which again is something I kind of mentioned isn't it Mm. what you didn't like you said Maximals and Predacons being the same size Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, as the Siege guys so but you got over that yeah I got over it yeah the voice acting well yeah (laughs) absolutely still still bad there's not much more to say about that Astro Train isn't a giant anymore Yes. No, he's not. But he was only a he was only a giant at the end of Siege for about yeah. five seconds, and then I think did he appear in Earthrise at all? He was in the background at some point. Yeah. But he was he small was then, wasn't he? He was he was on the Nemesis a lot. He didn't leave and go to the space station. I don't but he think. was small. He was regular he was small, size yeah, then. He was regular so, size. Yeah. So he's still uh, no Cybertron scenes. Absolutely agree with you on that. I hate the way they just dumped. The Cybertron characters. Because that was the best bit of Earthrise. The best bit of Earthrise was what was going on in Cybertron. It's true, because it... it uh, I mean, I think the problem with that is that they just didn't have... They only had four Autobots, right? Yeah. Like, it... it, it but essentially, like very... essentially, you've only got four Autobots on the Ark at any one time. The rest are hiding. No, 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 but I mean, it felt like a very pointless crusade by the time mm-hmm. they got to the end of it it's like what are the four of you going to do well they were you... they were liberating people from being harvested i think that that was a that's a pretty a pretty good quest <laughs> i i was i was well up for that and i thought shockwave was brilliant and that fight at the end with shockwave was good and then they just went oh no they're all dead now <laughs> they've all died oh well so there you go. That's that was your uh, that was your likes anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'll just go through my predictions because I wrote a bunch of predictions. Um, so I wrote it will continue to be all about Prime, which is a shame because he's a crap hero. 
It's pretty accurate. Bang on. Absolutely correct. Second prediction. I don't think we'll see much of Elite One, Jetfire, Shockwave and the folk left behind on Cybertron. Uh, the Elite One in the trailer seems to be some sort of vision or dream. Again, yeah. bang on. Didn't see any of them. As, I just, as we just mentioned, they're all dead mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Number three. They won't have done anything to fix the bad dialogue, editing, or terribly or terrible stunted voice acting. <laughs> and they haven't. They've done nothing. If if anything, it's got worse. <laughs> Prime is the biggest problem. I think in Siege, almost everyone was doing it. And in Earthrise, ev- everyone, including Prime, started to kind of do it a little bit less. And then in Kingdom, Prime just amped it back up again. And everyone else is kind of not so bad. Mm, yeah, it's a lot more. And it's also a lot, a lot of people mispronouncing words and not re, re, re-recording the words. <laughs> going, oh, that's fine. That take will do. That's don't matter about it. <laughs> yeah, even though, even if it's a big dramatic line, it's fine. Just leave it in. Number four, because no one comes up with any new ideas anymore, the golden disc will be a map to the AllSpark created by Megatron so the future Decepticons or Predacons can come and find it, almost exactly like Beast Wars. Bingo! Pretty yep. much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 served as a, it served as that anyway. It was, it was essentially a, a diary, but it was very much used to, to further the... It was, it was still brought to Earth by the Predacons in the same kind of way it was in Beast Wars, really. Do you think that if they did the thing in Beast Wars where they... Like, if, if the Beast fan Megatron was more conniving and had ulterior motives for helping Megatron and in turn for helping him with the Golden Disc wanted in some way to destroy the Autobots like Megatron and Beast Wars to stop their future from happening. Well, do I think that would have been good? <laughs> As in, really think that... Because, like, like we spoke before, like, people want David K to be in this and not have that, but I don't think it, the script would have needed to have changed in a way where it would have suited him because if it was he, David Cage was doing these voice these voices mm. and this script it it wouldn't have served anything it was no i don't think i think david Kay would have been completely out of place in this yeah because he's a good voice actor and there's no vo- no good voice actors in this so he would sound it would sound it was it's like putting um well actually they do this a lot in a lot of tv series like putting a a good actor in something and surround them by really shitty ones and then everyone goes, oh, I love that character. Well, that's because that's the only one that's going to be good. Well, I mean more in the sense of like, because I think of it as um, putting Peter Cullen in the movies, but the movies are still terrible. But you've yeah. got Peter Cullen type of thing. Like it's... Yeah, but I, I mean, don't think it's enough to have him. You need to... His character would have needed to have changed. They went for cheaper labour and that's what you get. Well. But I think if they'd made... Beast Wars Megatron, they didn't even, they don't have to have David Kay doing his voice, although that would obviously be nice. But I think if they'd made him a little bit more true to his character, it could have been interesting. I know that you've kind of had Black Arachnia and um, and Starscream and Dinobot kind of fulfilling that kind of like betraying him kind of thing. But what I loved about Beast Wars Megatron was how he was always one step ahead of everybody mm. and he had this kind of massive overarching plan. This Megatron, he was pathetic. Mm. He just 
he, and he had this kind of really rubbish kind of like he sounded like almost like a teenager, and he'd just be like, "Oh, I love you, I love you, Megatron. You're so brilliant, Lord Megatron. I'll do whatever you say." Yeah, because it's so. They have a fight at one point, and Megatron gets hurt, and he's like, "Oh, Megatron, are oh, you Lord okay? Megatron, yeah. Are you all right? Oh no, I hope you're not hurt. It's so bad." Yeah. All right, my fifth prediction was Optimus Primal claims to be from your future. Oh, God, yeah. I'm assuming they followed the Predacons here, who in turn were led here by the Golden Disc in search of the Allspark. Again, almost exactly like in Beast Wars. Sort of. I mean, I'm pretty sure... It wasn't made clear, but it seems, I think, Optimus Primal and his crew of 200 uh, Maximals followed... Uh, Predacon Megatron to Earth and mm. Predacon Megatron came there because he knew he could meet Megatron yeah and I've got a couple more um, both Black Arachnia and Dinobot will defect in some way however given it's only six episodes long we won't get nearly enough character development from either of them to fully explain it uh, it's, I did. I think they did a pretty good job actually I'm surprised yeah. I think both had enough screen time and enough kind of enough to explain why they were doing what they were doing, and I, I'm I, I will say that yeah, I think that was actually not too bad. I did um, I did like the um, the bit about Dinobot wanting to have gone to Primal before and mm-hmm. to ask to be a Maximal to change sides, like he had been contemplating to contemplating it for a long time, and something with his discussion with Airazor really put him mm-hmm. on that track. Yeah, but I mean, he was already questioning Megatron a bit before that as well. Hmm. But I mean, it's I mean, it doesn't mirror Beast Wars in that respect because yeah. he does that for like the first episode and changes side. But well, it's... well, yeah. Sorry, I just, just something just came, came into my mind. Um, mm. Something we haven't mentioned is how they've quite heavily lent on the idea that. Black Arachnia is into girls now, and um, and I, I imagine this we're we're going to see a lot of Black Arachnia slash fiction coming out of this. <laughs> um, I didn't read. I, um, I have seen a lot of posts and stuff about that. I didn't read much into it when it happened. Like it was, I, she, I think it was like three or four times she made very innuendoy um, comments towards Air Razor. And uh, one or two other other things as well, but like she she definitely she says you know she said I think she told Air Razor she liked it rough, and then she called her her hero and kissed her. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, this is this is gonna people are gonna. I mean, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But like, it's that this is gonna be very popular with uh, the kind of people who write that kind of fan fiction. Do you think it's um, like some sort of nod towards the fact that Air Razor was a guy in Japan? So, I don't know, maybe. It was quite good that she had, when she had her vision quest, she saw, well, she saw a wolf. You a wolf, yeah. Who could could or could not be Silverbolt. Mm. But no, she, she was, she was quite sexual, which I think is quite, kind of quite true to the character. So I think it was fine. But I just thought it was funny that uh, they, <laughs> they, they, they pretty much, you felt like that was kind of deliberately slipped in there. Um, because it's weird because, 
there was some sort of connection between Tigertron and Airraiser. I mean, not as strong as in Beast Wars, but they... They hugged each other when she got they back. They hugged each other, and yeah. Tigertron seemed to care about rescuing her where no one else really did. Well, well, Tigertron's, well a, Tigertron's another one of those characters that kind of said a bit in the first episode, then we didn't really hear from him again. From him. Yeah. He'd occasionally appear in a fight, but he wasn't... <laughs> like, he didn't say anything else. Same goes for a lot of, a lot of characters, though. I mean... They were just there as kind of window dressing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, Cheetor would occasionally say something. Rat Trap would occasionally say something. Um, but I would say Air Razor got more time on screen. Dinobot got more time on screen, obviously. Um, mm. There were quite a few of them were kind of like sidelined a bit. I think that's all my predictions. Oh, I said, oh, I said there's something going on between Ultra Magnus and Nemesis Prime. Are they the same thing? It's quite possible none of this is real and it's another vision quest situation where Prime has to face his demons and deal with his epic failures over the course of the past two instalments. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) Ultra Magnus was um, not real. He was kind of the manifestation of the Allspark and it was Prime doing his kind of like, oh, woe is me, what have Mm. I done, kind of stuff. Okay, so... What we've been doing, rather ill-advisedly, because it's become a bit of a pain in the ass to do this, but we've been rating the shows um, using characters from the 1986 Transformers the Movie. Wheelie being the worst, and then all the way up to your very favourite characters from the show. So what I'm going to ask Dave to do is tell me what character most uh, most symbolises how he feels about Transformers, War for Cybertron, Kingdom? Go! <laughs> um, this one was pretty hard to do because I feel like it... I like this show mm-hmm. in general because I... Uh, even though we've nitpicked it to death, it's, it, it still was... You know, it was nice to see Transformers in an animated show again. And for it to be out there for, you know, everyone to watch. Sure. So what I picked was Cyclonus and his armada. (laughs) Okay. Because I feel like it just gets so convoluted and confusing on who's who, what's what, and the shenanigans of that scene in the 86 movie of who was Cyclonus Mm -hmm. and who was the armada and all of that. I feel like it's it's kind of that because it's... Cyclonus is a cool character. Doesn't really do much in the 86 movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like that type of confusion and mystery or like we were just talking about the behind the scenes stuff, I feel like that's just going to be forever attached to the show now. Yeah. Much like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, a, I have two different characters. I have one for Kingdom and one for uh, the whole thing. Like all of oh, the whole thing. Do you have one for each or would you say that kind uh, you of... You say you're... You say yours, I think of one for every show. Oh, okay. Well, so for King, for Just Kingdom, for Just mm-hmm. Kingdom, I choose Retgar. Okay. <laughs> because he's a, and he's like an, an out-of-place oddity. Yeah. And he's a lot of fun at the time, but he's not something you remember the movie for. He's just there... And you, you're like, I don't know what's going on or why this is happening. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense, but it's quite fun. It looks quite good. And, you know, we get to listen to a Weird Al Yankovic song. 
You can tell me you don't quote Retgar every given chance of the day. <laughs> no, and I and I hate people who say use use the universal greeting. I can't bloody stand it. Like grow up. Oh no! Fuck's sake. I was going to say more. The other one was a oh t- talks on TV. Yeah, it's er- Eric Idle. Yeah, Eric Idle. But no, I mean, I I thought Retgar was a kind of really strange character. He's not really a transformer, mm-hmm. but he's kind of interesting. And he just turns up and he, he he wants to kill them and then he wants to be their friend and he's just his motives are confusing and it doesn't seem to he seems to be quite out of place and I feel that Kingdom feels quite out of place after the two, after the first two parts of yes. War for Cybertron Kingdom feels a bit of a mess mm. I like it mm. enough. I enjoyed bits of it. I liked some bits of it, but it didn't feel like a satisfying ending to the whole thing, and it felt a bit thrown together. Yeah, it was very really just. I mean, a lot of trilogies and shows uh, do have a very, you know, deflated ending. But then mm-hmm. sometimes I think that's just because they just don't know how to end it very well. No, and. Maybe what we were talking about before, like maybe the interference from mm. Netflix or Hasbro or whatever did affect that. But, I mean, I can tell you what I thought about it overall. Uh, so, if I were choosing someone for all of War for Cybertron, uh, I would choose Ultra Magnus. Mm-hmm. Because back at the time of the 1986 movie, well, slightly before... Ultra Magnus was billed as the next big thing and that he was going to be the new leader of the Autobots and he was meant to be this, you know, great big powerful robot and but ultimately he was a total distraction, a total waste of time. He was uninspired and derivative. He was devoid of any humour and he served no real purpose other than to sell us the same thing with a new coat of paint. <laughs> And that's what War for Cybertron is. <laughs> the more I watch it, the more over and over I've watched it, the more, because going back and re-watching it, it's like, there's nothing, it's got no, War for Cybertron has no identity. It's all borrowed from past victories. It's all um, stuff borrowed from G1 and other iterations of Transformers. There's nothing new, nothing creative about it. It's all... Um, something we've seen before. I mean, the only thing I can think of that is new, or I can at least a new idea, is that Bumblebee is not affiliated, and that's all over in like two episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's and kind that, of surface stuff, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's not. But that, that's it. I mean, you're right. Everything else is kind of just rehash. And it's and it's not aimed at anyone who isn't a Transformers fan already. Yeah. I can't see any kids watching it. I mean, oh, no, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I think maybe kids could watch it and go, oh, that looks great, I want to buy the toys. But it all, a lot of it rev- does rely on the viewers having an existing knowledge of the franchise for it to land. Like, the stuff with, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think, well, Dinobot's death has no real emotional impact other than the emotional impact that it's borrowing from Beast Wars. Yes, yeah. It's not, I mean, just on its own, on and of its own thing, it's just like, oh, this guy, he decided that he'd been on the wrong side 
of the war for ages, and now he's done a nice thing. Done. Even, even Siege Prime, his reaction is like, oh, cheers, mate. Thanks for the Matrix. See you later. <laughs> he really is like that as well. Yeah. Primal tries to look a bit upset, but we don't even know if Primal's even met Dinobot. <laughs> That's true. Dinobot's just like, oh, um, many times I thought about coming and joining you. Would you have taken me? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's so. Such a sh- it's such a shame because he literally just had probably like one of the best fights yes. in the, the chapter. That's, very, that's a very good point, actually. That was really good. I thought that was really good. It was a good fight. I mean, mm. for um, Soundwave and everything. And well, that was pretty cool. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> no, agreed, actually. We should have mentioned that before. But yeah, no, I thought the the fight when he basically took on yeah, Soundwave, the tapes, and Megatron. Mm. And it's only when. A mega fan turns up and uh, and stops him, but he still manages to take the Matrix. Yeah, he still he still does it. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, no, I thought that fight was good. I thought that fight was good. But but that's that's the thing though. All the good things about this about War for Cybertron are borrowed from other stuff. Mm. It's um it's a bad cover version. <laughs> it's not, it's not to say that it, that it's an awful show. But I just think that there's so much, there's so little of it that's that will stand the test of time. I don't think anyone's going to look back at the War for Cybertron TV show and go, that was one of the best Transformers shows ever made. They're going to forget about it because there's nothing in it that's different. Like, Animated was different. Uh. Um, Beast Wars was different. G1 is obviously the classic, the classic and the original. This is just the same stuff warmed up again. And I don't. I mean, I I would never watch Kingdom over Beast Wars or um, or Siege over G One. Yeah, um, I know what you mean because over the weekend we've had TFM here. Oh yeah, and I watched a little bit of it, but there was one section in particular I saw was a, a reading of Transformers Animated, mm-hmm. like in a special, I think, three-part episode of what would have happened in the next season. Yeah. And they had this, like, basic animatics, and um, they brought back most of the voice actors to do it. All right. And it was interesting because I was so hooked to hear this episode play out, even though it wasn't... It was more like a screen reading. It wasn't like a proper episode. Yeah. And it was so interesting and so enticing, but I sat there... And listen to this more enthusiastically than I have been to watch all of Kingdom Earthrise or all of them, and simply because of how good animated is. Yes, just to know what would have happened next. Because it was a good TV series on on its yeah. on its own merits. Siege, see the whole War for Cybertron just seems like it's been made. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like there's any love has gone into it at all. It doesn't feel like the people making it gave a shit. It just feels, it feels very just thrown together out of bits of Transformers lore they read up on TF Wiki, and there doesn't seem to be any passion to it. Like I said, I don't think it's got, it's got no heart, no soul. There's no humour to it. I don't see myself ever wanting to watch it again. I think the problem with that Transformers or Hasbro has at the moment is that there is no real controlling body of 
what's going on across the board. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not unified in any way. It's like a like a Kevin Feige or something with Marvel or something. Someone who knows the ins and outs of all the different things. Yeah, and how it integrates for future properties or stories or whatever. It's very detached, and I think that's what the problem is because I think. Because it's quite, it's the most disappointing thing about it is that the toys are really good and there's been such an improvement in the toys, the quality, the paint, all of that other stuff. Yeah. And there has been almost a decline in the media backing the toys. Well, the which... toy, I couldn't possibly disagree with you on the toy line. It's, it's, it's a triumph, even though, again, it has sort of the same problems as War for Cybertron in that it's incredibly derivative. Mm. There isn't really anything original in there it's just kind of like reliving past triumphs in kind of like we'll do g1 again we'll do beast wars again Mm -hmm. but that's i mean that's what a lot of fans have been screaming out for Mm -hmm. and that works within the context of a toy line because you're getting those characters and those figures that you've always wanted updated versions of that's fine but when you do it in a tv show you've got to do something different otherwise you're just you're just redoing the same thing yeah you it's and also not doing it as well as it was done previously. It may look, it may be better animated, um, but yeah, it's true. Because I mean, yes, G one. I mean, continuity is very strange in it, but at least it, it had great voice acting. It doesn't. It, do, it, it had doesn't great music. It, it, <laughs> it, it just it captured kids' imagination. We've talked about this before. Like it's it's not episodes because it's not episodic like no you need to watch the whole thing mm-hmm. like do you want at least you could just spotlight episodes and you could have a good time in that you can watch them completely out of order and it doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter but mm. this you have to have watched them in order yeah or it will make even less sense than it does if you did mm-hmm. like it's the whole way they're approaching it is just not right agreed it's not serving them any benefit in terms of making new fans or long live fans because I've seen other kid shows on Netflix Mm -hmm. and they're not like this then they are so comedy orientated or yeah you know I mean there's a Fast and the Furious kid show I mean yeah really (laughs) it's like spy races or something like it's it's so weird that the Fast and the Furious franchise predominantly targeted at adults has a kid show that must be doing better than Transformers because that's where it's like six seasons in or something. Well, it's... I mean, maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll get this with Bot Bots. Oh, maybe. That's... Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of the a lot of the problems these days with a lot of media franchises is everything's got to top the last thing. Mm. It's got to be more a more epic story every time, to the point at which mm. now everything's an epic story every bloody time. It would be nice just to have some smaller stories here and there, you know. I, I don't need there to be some kind of universe-threatening event all the time. Mm. We could have an episode where um, Powerglide falls in love with a girl. Why not? <laughs> like, why do we have to have all this kind of high-stakes stuff all the time? I like the silly stuff. I like the one-and-done episodes in between the bigger ones, you know, you can do that. Lots of shows have done that. Animated did it a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, oh, we've got a we've got a fun episode. Okay, well, great. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to the the big story later. <laughs> and but they don't they don't. This doesn't do that at all. It, each part is designed to slowly ramp up to a big crescendo, and that's why I had a 
had some problems. I th- actually, I think the pacing of War for Cybertron. So, oh, sorry, of, of um, I think the pacing of Kingdom was a little bit better than the pacing of Siege and Earthrise because both both yes. Siege and Earthrise suffered from kind of a very slow start that that mm. that kind of ramped up to, and then everything happened in the last two episodes. Mm. Yeah, Kingdom. Kingdoms not didn't do that quite so much. There were important events in episode two or three that there, mm. it, it was a little bit better paced. So I'll give it that. Overcasting review to give to a character. I don't know. Maybe ah, Astro Chain. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel that Astro Train right in eighty six movie is a strange oddity in terms of his mass shifting. Right. To be able to fit the entire Decepticon army and Devastator inside him. Uh-huh. But also talk about weight and space determining of how fast or slow he gets and the travel. And it's another thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but leads to one of the probably one of the more memorable parts of that whole Orbot battle scene is that when they finally fly off and they have the big scene with Starscream chucking Megatron out. I feel that it it encapsulates a lot of that, that type of space journey back and forth between Cybertron. Yeah. (laughs) Starscream treachery. All happens within that little scene of Astro Train going back and forth. That's true. So you 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 see it as a, a vehicle for a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but a, but a slightly kind of nonsensical vehicle <laughs> yes. that you have you have some issues with. But despite this nonsensical vehicle not making an awful lot of sense, uh, the things happening around it were quite fun. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly it. And just like how he is in the show, and his his own scale is can. Is brought to question it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, do you do you think that that was maybe a maybe that was a kind of nod to the fact that he <laughs> is a bit confusing scale wise, having him massive in the one show and then having him tiny later. Maybe, maybe it was just the, a vision from the Allspark. Maybe he. <laughs> I mean, you'd like you'd like to hope. I I don't know if I can credit the guys making the show with that much um, <laughs> thought, but you'd like to think so. One of the things that I was looking forward to from this show and eventually this Rise of the Beast movie is that maybe it will get people more on board for Beast Transformers or yeah. them working together with Transformers who don't turn into Beast. Yeah, I do. Th- I think you're probably right there. I do think that it might. Well, it's gonna. It's it's really. It's this TV show is not how it's going to happen. It's going to be the movie and. The- it's oh, yeah. going to be a combination of the movie and the toy line. If people are picking up uh, War for Cybertron Kingdom Beast Wars figures, going actually mm. I quite like these, and then people are, and then that movie comes out and people like it. I don't think the TV show it could have some influence, but I don't think it's. But but I agree. I do I do think that um, hopefully these things will sell the idea, so maybe we'll get more Beast Wars things in the future. However, on the opposite side of the coin. Dave, I don't want it to happen because I love Beast Wars being its own thing on its own, completely separate from everything else. 
<laughs> I do not need it be need it to be ruined by a TV series or by a movie. I know the things that I love are still there, and I know that they're not ruined. But when I see Beast Wars Megatron being depicted so badly, mm. and I, God knows what they're going to do with that and that that live action movie, it just makes me think I wish they'd not done it. I'm happy to, for Beast Wars to be its own thing. I'm glad they haven't touched it for so long. Because it was good. <laughs> it was perfect as it was. I'm completely the opposite. I'm just, I'm just looking for it from the toy perspective. Yeah, but that's like, what I mean. You, yeah. you just want more product. I want, I want them to, to bring back these characters and go choo-chooing down the, the nostalgia train to somewhere other than G1. Like, let's go back to, you know, some other people's nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, let's... Can I get my Armada Prime, please? Yeah. Can we? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and that is probably going to happen. So anyway, I think we've kind of gone off topic now. So I think we can probably should we wind it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. I think we've rambled on long enough. It's finally over. War for Cybertron is no more. Although it looks like we may well see future stuff in future toy lines um, that kind of leads on from this. And, you know, there was a little kind of a possible tease of a sequel with Unicron there. Anyway, um, I'm sure we'll come back to talking about War for Cybertron at some point in the future. In the meantime, why don't you tell us what you thought of it? Do you agree with Dave or myself, or both of us? Um, What were your highs? What were your lows? Uh, What do you think the future will be after the trilogy? Let us know on social media. You can contact us on Facebook, uh, where there is an Argma Optics page, I am on there as Orion Gear, and on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Gear Orion and Orion underscore Gear, respectively. Virtual Dave, uh, you are young and all over social media. Where can they find you? Um, Instagram, virtualdave26. Perfect. If you enjoyed this as much as Dave and myself, why not do all those things you're supposed to do? Like, subscribe, share, review... Uh, whatever and we really appreciate it thanks for listening and please join us next time on Uh, Ag My Optics (laughs)